Hello and welcome to the Harlefer Show, a place where like-minded individuals gather to discuss the good, the bad, and the weirder side of Malifaux. Please bear in mind that we're all grown-ups here, so there may be some language not suitable for the more delicate of listeners, and all opinions expressed are those of the individuals involved. Now grab yourself a lovely tipple and a light snack, sit back, relax, and let the Harlefer Show commence. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Harlefoe Show, the podcast where we take one of our favourite masters and basically try and talk you into playing them. Today I'm joined as always by Tom oh. and Courtney. Hello! And we're welcoming back a very special guest today in Darren. Hello! And, and Darren, you're going to talk about someone very close to your heart today, so who's that? Uh, Mizaki Katanaka, the Oyabin of the Last Blossoms and the Ten Thunders. Can we put a writer in right now that for every name that we butcher, like there's going to be just an apology, just intrinsically? <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'll just pass it on to you guys. <laughs> Suffice to say, I've I've not really played against her, uh, so I'm leaving most of the uh, talking to these guys, and I'll just listen in sincere amazement and probably pick her up by the end of this, won't I, Darren? Oh, I, that's the idea. <laughs> so, give us a pitch on why you should play as Misaki. Uh, well, I picked up Mizaki way back in first edition Malifaux when she wasn't actually a master and the Ten Thunders didn't exist as a faction and she was just a mercenary model that you could hire. Um, when they introduced Ten Thunders and brought her storyline, I thought she was absolutely amazing and picked up the, the new crew box that came out at the time and they've absolutely smashed it out of the park then and gone even further with the third edition crew box. So the last blossoms of the crew that if you want to bring models that are going to be solid in a fight, but rather than going in with a sledgehammer, you want to be hitting from the shadows and using a scalpel to take out your enemy's key models, uh, then this is the crew for you. Very, very versatile, quick, and able to do a lot of the schemes and strategies, both uh, in the core game and uh, gaining grounds one. They're a bit good. <laughs> They're a bit good, the last awesome. <laughs> Tom's been touched by them recently. As you can we have video evidence yeah. of my bad touch, right? but uh, I think Darren and I both knew that was going to be a bloodbath, but the, the extent of the bloodbath is still beyond me. I think one thing that I have to say is that anything that you do is always made better by using a pixel deck. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, get the pixel deck. I mean, personally, I find using a deck with four red jokers works quite well as well, but... No, <laughs> Yeah, no cards below a six of any suit also helps. Yeah, yeah secret tech, secret tech. It's basically playing Dreamer, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, you avoided him this week. Don't even start. <laughs> so what comes in the core box, Darren? Well, to start off with the, the core box, you get uh, the, the mistress herself, uh, Mizaki, uh, followed by her totem, her henchman Atoto and three Torakagi ninjas. And again, I, I utter my apologies for any of the pronunciations coming forward. Um, so starting off um, with Mizaki herself, um, Tom, do you want to touch a little bit on her card or do you want me to, to run through what, what hurt you so much and touched you so badly? You mean touch it with a lighter, yeah, I'll get started. But um, yeah, I can, I can start off. Can we also say that this core box is stunning? Yeah. Like in terms of the sculpts, this is one of the, the newer ones that's been released at the time of recording and it is absolutely beautiful. And Masaki's mm. artwork is incredibly evocative of this kind of like dancing 
dual blade wielding badass and her sculpt just is fantastic and the old one looked a bit weird with her leg up i, I was know, gonna say the old one was the leg with like the the whatever it was hanging off it in a crescent wasn't it yeah like the back kick and we came in obviously at the start of of you know third edition and that model was just kind of still knocking around it always looks a bit weird um but anyway mazaki um Mizaki is whack-a-mole with a howitzer staff attached to it because she's just got stat seven everywhere. Um, even a stat seven on her willpower, which is great as an Everborn player. Um, she is incredibly mobile. We can go into the nuts and bolts of her abilities in a second, but essentially her main shtick is that she's very hard to pin down because during the start phase of each turn, she's got an ability called Into Shadow where she can bury herself. And when she does that, she can drop two shadow markers anywhere within eight inches of her before she buries. And then next turn, she can then pop out. Well, at the start of the activation, actually, at the start of her activation, she unburies into base contact with one of those. Now, it does come with a caveat that for every model that has activated, she loses one move. So her five movement stat is a bit deceptive. It's kind of a little bit lower for every two friendly models, is it, Darren? It's estimated she loses one. Every two friendly um, models, yeah. But realistically, she's not waiting too long to pop out. And if she is, she's probably in a position to whack them all. And from what I remember, her totem counts as one of these shadow markers as well. He does, yes. So she's potentially got three ways of popping out. But the the main thing is then Mazaki pops out. She's got an incredible good uh, close combat attack with a two-inch melee. She's got charge through, so she gets positives to a damage flip. She's very much a, I'm going to turn up, I'm going to do damage, I'm going to eliminate that key target. She's probably got one of those tasty 10 Thunders upgrades to help with that. Um, and then aside from that, she's just kind of shouting orders from the background, isn't she, Darren, like of trying to get people to come forward? Is it Oyabin's command that she uses? Yeah, Oyabin's command, which I think is a very underrated tactical action um, and something that comes in a lot with working particularly well with the upgrade cards, particularly masked agents, is other friendly models uh, within eight inches. She can force them to take a charge action. Now, it's stat six needing an eight, so it's target number 14, um, and the model can take a charge. But if it's a last blossom that she orders, it can actually take a charge whilst it's engaged. So it's really useful for getting your models where they want to be and getting them basically further up the board and also out of engagements where they don't want to be. Yeah, it's not even a, a trigger or anything. It's just it's inbuilt into the card. So she's really not struggling because it's an eight-inch range. So if you're playing cleverly with your shadow markers, she can pop up exactly where she's needed to try and get the things moving again. Exactly. And um, like I say, she can actually force those models to charge and I will touch on Mast Agent a bit later when we talk about some tactics with her, but that, that is the key one. And that's quite often where I would probably say eight times out of 10, that's the upgrade I would take with Mizaki just because of that ability. She can also charge when she's engaged, hasn't she? She's got Mobile Warrior, so even she's hard to pin down. It really is kind of a, we're going to hit you, then we're going to move on. Yeah, because she can charge out of distance. She's got that two-inch melee that you mentioned. And also, if you do charge into it, then you lose the melee attacks because she's got extended reach. So enemy models yeah. within two inches as an aura can't take attack actions generated by charges. Speaking of those attack actions, she's obviously got two stat seven. She's got a close combat and she's got a, a shockwave, which is the, the money maker for you. Uh, I think it's got to be the Bicento, the melee attack. Um, I don't think I... I I can go games where I don't even drop the lightning strike at all. I don't think I used it in our battle report. Um, but the, the Bicento, because it's stat seven against defense, it's got a two, four, five damage track, but that does get bumped up by the fact she's got that positive from charge through. And then it's got triggers on rams for critical strike, masks for reposition. And then she's got the ever useful 
uh, execute on crows as well. So he's got a really nice raft of triggers, just nothing on tones. Do you tend to stone the extra ram for the the four six eight or four six seven, whatever it would be? Um, I don't. I, I tend to keep my soul stones either for uh, henchmen or main. Sometimes for, for cards, I don't tend to go for suits with it. I don't think she's as important to be using her uh, triggers necessarily. Um, although when I get uh, get down to a bonus action, that is one where I do like the trigger on crows on that. Talk us through the bonus then, the abandoned honor. Uh, now, now this is again. I think it's a really, really underrated action, and it kind of goes with the fact that Mizaki's almost seems to be designed to want to play early in the turn, to sort of go in and take out a, a, a key model before it gets to do anything. So it's a stat six, needing a target number of ten to cast. Uh, you put each other friendly model that's not activated. This model shuffles a card of its choice from its discard pile into its fade deck. So all of those really powerful cards that you've got in your hand that you've already spent, you're getting them back into your deck without having to go through the entire deck before you see them again. Um, on the crow trigger, um, for each crow, this model shuffled back into its fade deck, choose an enemy model within eight inches in line of sight, and the chosen model must either discard a card or gain stunned, um, which is just gravy. And I think, again, going back to the report, the returns when I was shuffling three or four severes back into the deck and just just seeing them again and obviously as the deck goes through you're getting less cards to go through more severe more chance of it coming up sort of the similar mass that you get with dreamer but it, it just helps the rest of her crew once she's sort of gone in with that initial alpha strike yeah stunned is one of the best conditions in the game as well so that really doesn't hurt too much um courtney what do you think when you look at masaki then first thing i look at you know i look at that artwork and i'm thinking where is masaki looking where is she looking <laughs> She's looking at all the dignity and she's about to slice it in half with a Mizento. That's what she's looking at. Um, the thing with Mizaki is she's like a yo-yo, isn't she? She's going she, to... You're going to have a good time and then all of a sudden she's going to pop out of one of her shadow markers, smack you in the face and then disappear back before you can um, hit her back. Um, I want, I'll tell you what, one of the first games I ever played, I think it's the only game I've ever played against her, um, I, I took um, Take Prisoner on I, I tell you, I think it was Take Prisoner. No, it was Deliver a Message. That was it. Deliver a Message. Don't take that. I mean, it's not in the pool anymore. <laughs> Don't take Deliver a Message against Mizaki. It doesn't work. She just buggers off. So, um, yeah, the, the thing is with Mizaki is that uh, her and her crew are quite versatile in what they can do. You, She can scheme. She can murder. She can, she can do a lot. And I think that the key to doing well with her is knowing the exact right time to bring her out of the shadows because defense-wise, she really is looking... She's really protected only by that extended reach. She's got a good defense and her willpower is amazing. I mean, 12 wounds as well, she's not bad. She's not bad, but if you're going up against anything with any strong shooting, um, if you bring her out too early, you could be leaving her right in the middle of a lot of um, return fire. Yeah, yeah. I feel that, that I feel that generally speaking, it is the key to just figure out when to bring her out and when not to, and um, making sure there's enough shadow markers around that she has multiple choices of where she's going to come out. Darren, what are you considering with that then? What is influencing the decision when she's popping out and what she's going after? Um, I'm not sending her after like the big beaters. So, for example, I wouldn't want to throw her into something like mature Nephilim or anything that's got armor she struggles to deal with. Um, but I, because I can bring her back to where I need her, I will quite often throw her out onto a flank 
uh, and eliminate a scheme runner or eliminate yeah. a support model. Um, and again, there's, there's there's tactics that you can use, particularly with the upgrade cards and pairing her with a Toto, where if a mo- uh, an opponent's got a model that they have in the backfield that is like a key support piece, um, maybe something like Serena, um, you, you can sort of break through someone's front line and get to that as well. And that's where that sort of coming to the fight with a scalpel really comes in. Um, I don't cons- I don't use her as like my primary offensive beater. And if she needs to switch to running schemes because of the movement that she gets from the shadow markers, then I'm quite happy to do that with her. Yeah, she's getting you points more than schemes. I feel like as well that she, she, she with that abandoned on her, it's sort of pushing you a little bit in the direction of getting as much crawls out as possible because of that execute. I think a stat seven execute is can be quite taste it mm-hmm. uh, against, against any crew that hasn't got a, a very good card draw. Am I right on that one, Darren? I think that the thing with Mizaki is it's always a toss-up when you bring her out because with the movement uh, reductions that she gets from Shadow, the temptation is to bring her out early, but then she gets a lot more use um, from being able to shuffle cards back in if she's used them. But those, then again, you're not shuffling as many cards back in if you've had models already activate. So... Mm. She does do that, but then again, having that execute late in the turn. So the temptation is to go early with her, but sometimes it is actually worth keeping her to go later in the turn. And there are other ways of getting her out of being buried apart from her shadow markers as well. So I think that kind of leads on to the totem and what you can do with the totem. So do you want to talk us through the, the Firefox, whatever it is? Uh, well, Shang, um, he is an absolutely amazing totem. So he, he's not Lord Chompy Bits and he's not a Curio. Um, <laughs> But, or whatever that new freaking Horizon Zero Dawn bird is in the Explorers. Oh, That's my first oh, Explorer moan I'm going to have on the podcast. First of many, I <laughs> imagine. Uh, Anything, as long as it's not a jet, best girl Jetsa. Jetsa's great. <laughs> um, but Shang is, basically, it was her imaginary friend while she lived on Earth. Um, and only she could see him. But when she travelled through to Malifaux, he manifested and became this nine-tailed fox that supports her. Um, he, he comes with Tom's favourite rule that he never gets access to in having Arcane Reservoir. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <right. laughs> Courtney's already had a go at me in the Harlephone chat today. I don't need it anymore in my life. You're not, you not allowed to have it. I'm sorry, but you never Jokes on all of you. I've got Nelly season three. I will have my typewriter <laughs> that has got some sort of Arcane Reservoir, whether you like it or not. Uh, now, Shangi is also insignificant, so you're not worrying about him for schemes and strategies. Um, he does count as a shadow marker for Mizaki's from shadow ability. And if Mizaki buries next to unburies next to him, then she does heal two as well, although Shang then takes two damage and he's only got four health. Um, he's also got Assassin, so if he kills an enemy model that's not activated yet, he gets fast, um, which is across quite a few of the models in the keyword as well. Um he has a, a decent melee attack. He's stat five, claws, do one, two, four damage, but they've got the flay trigger on that, uh, masks so that they can always cheat in irrespective of um, uh, negatives. But the real highlight is his tactical action, which is channeled healing. So he's got a six-inch range, stat six, target number of 12, and it can target buried models, ignoring range and line of sight. Um, the target heals one, two, three, if it is buried, it may discard a card to unbury in base contact with this model. Yes, yeah, it's the same as Karina that we talked about in the Tara podcast. That totem's got the same ability, and obviously that's quite key for her. Absolutely. And I know burying's a, a lot less common in this, but the fact that it can bring out um, 
Mizaki without her having that reduction to a movement because she's not used her own ability of um, from shadow to unbury uh, can really catch people out and again it can if she's buried off on one flank and you need to then bring her back he he doesn't tend to go anywhere near her on the table until she she unburies next to him so it means that you're covering a lot of the board with your master uh, more than you would think initially with the movement of five um, i mean the nice thing is that channeled healing um you don't do the damage to i mean you don't get a healing obviously but you don't get the damage to um shang as well if you if you unbury it from that from what i can see so yeah it's only if mazaki's from shadow isn't it yeah. so it's kind of you are getting a lot of advantages from pulling her out and for, for the sake of a six it's not bad at all really mm. not, not at all i mean he, he rounds out and he's got a nice little shockwave attack um it's only start four needing a 10 um, but it's a, a, a move 12, shockwave one, doing two damage as well. So he's kind of a, a, another solid all-round um, uh, model for the crew. And he's got his own movement of six, so he can move up to where he needs to get Mizaki to unbury if she's going to be particularly going later in the turn looking for those execute triggers. Yeah, he seems like a great way of pinging her across the board, like you say, because when she buries at the start of the turn, she could be over the other side and she's still dropping two shadow markers back over there so that if she needs to get back there again next turn, they're already in place for her. Absolutely. Uh, but not really much more to say about him. He, he kind of just does what he says on the tin and just supports her nicely. Yeah, de- really, really decent totem. So um, what about the henchman, Ototo? Ototo. Um, Ototo is there when you don't want to bring a scalpel and you want to bring a whacking great club to hit something <laughs> in the head. Um, so, Cordy, have you got his card? I have got his card. Um, so, yeah, Ototo. Uh, very defense form, willpower form, not not great. Uh, but he has got armor to make up for that. And hard to kill, which is always great. Uh, grip frantic, um, which gives him that bonus damage, the bonus flip to uh, jewels and damage flips if he um, if he's half health or less. Can't complain about that. He's also got charge through as well, so he he, he seems to have a lot of ways to get that plus flips. Um, assassin, like you said, a lot seems to be a lot of the last Blossom crew gets that assassin. Um, he's also ruthless, which I don't need to say how useful that is against most terrifying. Mm. Um, he's obviously the beat stick of the crew. Um, we can see we can see that by his attack action. Um, he two inch range stat six again, pretty good. Three four five. I always love to see a three four five with the critical strike and the thunderous blow trigger. Um, quicker strike is pretty easy I think most people would know that by now but Thunder's Blow um, TM30 moves yours within two inches of a pulse of him or you gain slow which can be very very nice as well and it's against move and generally speaking a lot of people don't I mean the average is about a five but you can always get those really slow buggers with the um, movement four or less and then you're really sorted mm. Um so, generally speaking, his offense is quite powerful. Um, attack action, tactical action rise, I should say. Um, he's dropping your scheme, shadow markers, sorry. Um, he seems to be one of the sources of shadow markers. Um, Darren, do you really want to, other than, I would say, in the first turn, are you really using him for dropping shadow markers? Well, he, the reason I tend to use him is that he partners up with um, the other henchmen that I do tend to take in dropping shadow markers in areas where Mizaki's not on the table. Um, also, when you look at his movement of five and you've got a range six on dropping these shadow markers with the mask trigger that he's got of unexpected smoke bomb, he's actually got a, an absolutely huge threat range. Um, 
because he can place the shadow marker within six inches, so it just has to be clipping, and then he places to the other side of that shadow marker, then has a two-inch melee. So I'm not going to use it, you know, maybe turns three, four, five, but certainly turns one and two, I, I will definitely be using that to drop shadow markers down. Yeah. It's also good to point out that you also have to do a TN30 willpower duo against slow within two inches of that pulse that he puts down. Oh, that shadow marker, sorry. So that is, um, again, very, very useful. But yeah, probably when it turns, it's probably not something you're going to fall back on. And then he's got the good old juggernaut, discard a card, heal one, two, or four. Again, this, uh, it's, it's, he's a tanky boy. Tanky boy, hits hard, puts your shadows out. What else can you want? How often are you trying to trigger that grit frantic? Are you trying to balance him around the half wounds to, to give him that extra positive flips? Or do you like to keep him healed up? Um, I, I do try to use the Grit Frantic as much as I can because he does have hard to kill. Yeah. Um, Shang actually tends to run around behind him to try and keep him healed up a little bit. Um, he then uses his own Juggernaut as long as he's not been stunned and he has bonus actions available to him um, yeah. to keep it. But if you can get focus on him, plus a charge through, plus his Grit Frantic, you're suddenly on double positives to hit and triple positives for, for damage. And, and again, I think um, Tom's experience with just going, how many are you just making this up now? I think was the exact <laughs> quote. I don't think you flipped anything below a moderate for that entire battle report. So that pixel deck was entirely to fault, but it was incredible. That's one thing we're going to say for the whole thing. My main feedback on Mazaki, the moderate damage on all of these cards is very good. There isn't kind of like one, two, threes. The moderate damage on most of these are hitting that kind of three or four mark, which is really tasty if the flips are going the way you want them to. And obviously with charge through, with focus, you are probably likely hitting those moderate on the damage flips. Or able to cheat them. Yes, absolutely. And suddenly a six card in your hand is, is four damage, which is a really, really big swing. Awesome. So I don't think there's anything we've missed on the tattoo there. Any other uses you have for him, or is he just a beat stick? Um, he, like I say, he does support with putting the shadow markers down um, and just tying things up. Um, he does have that weakness of the willpower. So against certain Neverborn masters, and I'm thinking things like uh, Pandora, where they're t- targeting his willpower, making him hit himself with that three, four, five damage, then he can start to become a bit of a liability. Um, I. At the start of third edition, I didn't run him as much, and I have started to run him a lot more now. And just let him get into the fight, and just if they if they want to take take him down, then he's just going to take effort to do it because he's still a henchman. He's still consoles over damage. He's got the armor. Um, so yeah, he, he probably makes nine out of ten of my crews. Cool. Well, what about the minions in the box then? The Tor- Torikaji? Yeah, Torikaji, Torikagi. I have no idea how that's pronounced. <laughs> You know, I don't know. <laughs> now, cool, cool demon boys. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, funky demon boys. And girls. This is some of the best artwork in the game for yeah, these models. Model. The, the miniatures are good, but the artwork is stunning. Yeah, I mean, these guys are your quintessential scheme runners. Um, they cost six, and um, defense and willpower five, but they have a movement of seven. I've just um, seen that, like a move seven on a, a normal on foot minion is crazy. Fast as the flaming uh, riders. Yeah. What's this? And for that, what the hell is this? <laughs> and they're agile, so they've got the ability to just walk away from engagement. <laughs> they, 
They've got stealth to protect them from more shooting more than six inches away, and they have the assassin yeah. and charge through that um, we've mentioned for the other models. Yeah, that's all right. You have a better Capellius just as your minions for six also. <laughs> that's totally fair. Well, you, you might think he's, they're just a touch worse when it comes to the attack actions. That's the only thing I will say, and they're not terrifying. Uh, moderate three damage. Just going to put that in there. Okay, okay, okay. Just because it's better than Carver, I know you don't like to talk about it. No, actually, actually, Courtney and I have a lot of positives to talk about Carver when we come on to Jackdaw. It's the only time he's going to get see, to see the light, but it's coming. Yeah. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> Put that in your diaries, folks. The um, the pro uh, Carver League will be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'll get some positive letters from them for once instead. Yeah. Was it George who wrote in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to George. Hope you keep him well. Yeah. See, I hate you, George. I listen. I'm a listener. George um, isn't. <laughs> the question is, Darren, are you a listener for how much money? Because that's what you've got to say on podcasts. Oh, uh, for, for, for no money at all. <laughs> for hugs and kisses. For hugs and cheap kisses. Bastard. <laughs> cheap bastard. Put some money in. Put some money in that one. <laughs> the Harlefo oh. charity dish gets passed around yeah. anyway carry on. <laughs> well, some of the sponsors that you've had on I don't know if I want them to be paying me I don't want to be associated with some of them I mean that's fair that's, that's entirely legit so if I do talk about the attack actions on the Torikagi uh, they come with two um, they've got exotic weapons because each of them's armed with some really bizarre looking oriental weapons which I would never guess what on earth they are um but one inch range, stat five, uh, two, three, four damage, uh, as Tom said, with masks for reposition, so another three inch push, and crows for no witnesses. So the trigger can only be declared by if no other enemy model other than the target is within 12 inches and line of sight of this model. And when resolving, the target suffers one damage and damage from the action ignores armor. I, I realise I've been misplaying this trigger for a long time because Alison Dade in Nelly has it and I thought it was the target that had to be not have an enemy model within 12 inches. It's actually far better when it's on the attacking model. Absolutely. Yeah, you can hide yourself behind a 50 mil base, get on the right side of well, it where no one else can see you. Well, obviously this is close combat with a shooting action. That's an awesome trigger because if you're like eight inches away, it's very unlikely there's an enemy model within 12 of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which comes on to the shooting action, which is his shuriken. Um, now, this ignores concealment. It's only a one, two, three damage track, uh, but your model then gets to move up to three inches. Um, it's got onslaught, so take the action again, targeting the same model, and the same no witnesses trigger. That um, onslaught's really good because the three inch move isn't part of a trigger, is it? So you can move six inches, shoot twice, move six inches. It's better than taking a well. It's not better than taking a walk action for them actually, because they move seven. But for anyone else, it would be. Well, I mean, but to be fair though, you are pinging somebody. For, yeah, you're pinging somebody for at least two damage. Yeah, if, as long as it goes through. Even if you so, miss, no, you still get not, the move. It's not bad. So it's not bad. And then uh, obviously you've, you've got that no witnesses trigger as well. Um, it's 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 the Kakudo have it as well, which I know from Yan Lo, and I know that Shuriken is quite useful in that in, for them. They're just giving you that little bit of extra movement if you need it. Um, but I think it's even better with these guys because of that onslaught, that no witnesses. Hmm. Darren, I've got to ask: as a Ten Thunders player, does anyone take these out of keyword because they seem very good for six Soulstones, potentially seven? I think I know you've got good versatiles anyway with the Samurai, which we'll talk about later. But these guys are legit. They are good. I think the the thing that they've 
the they struggle against is when I again I'm gonna when I come on to one of the other henchmen and one of the a couple of the other scheme runners that we do have, we've got things like Tengu and Katashiro in the only keyword, which are probably a little bit stronger. Um I mean I, I, I always try to include at least one um in a crew as a scheme runner. Yeah. Um I don't often see them out of keyword though, I have to admit. But then again, I don't play a lot of the other Thunders Masters, so you know I could be wrong about that. It's a very good six soul stones well spent though with these guys. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. And the thing that, that I, I use the most for isn't even those attack actions, it's this last tactical action, which is a bonus um, for Ninja Vanish. So you target a friendly scheme or shadow marker within a six-inch range. Stat five needing a target number of 12. Uh, you place this model into base to base with the target, and then you drop either a scheme marker or a destructible concealing shadow marker into base contact with the target and remove it so it's another way if you've placed your scheme or shadow markers to actually get five inches further up or six inches further up and place models to the side so the, these things are ridiculously maneuverable it's also a way of flipping the shadow markers to being scheme markers if you need them for certain schemes and strategies you could even score runic binding with these guys oh shut up you <laughs> <laughs> courtney's but- sour because i scored runic binding against him the other night <laughs> takes that who takes everyone that out, everyone was outraged at you taking runic binding like what are you actually doing <laughs> he just no it's a legitimate slap on the face if you runic binding someone you are showing a distinct lack of respect and it worked that's the worst part it worked uh, the worst part was you joked about me having it going ah you best not have it and I was like nah and then just scored it <laughs> now the only time I would take runic binding is potentially with Colette but that's a whole other podcast to talk yeah. about just where to put scheme markers and how many I need um, yeah. but it's also it's also he can drop the scheme marker convert it to a shadow marker and then Mizaki can pop out of it so again it can just extend her threat range as well uh, that's true yeah he can just interact to drop his own scheme marker can he and then just turn it into a shadow marker didn't even think of that this is the thing that's there's lots of really solid rules on these models in the core box, but when you get into that sort of play them more often and you start to see the synergies between them, there's a hell of a lot of flexibility. And like I say, they're coming at you from angles that you're just not expecting. Yeah, she can pop up pretty much anywhere looking at all these. So so where do you go to next? Because that's the core box covered off. So what's the next box you'd pick up or the next model you'd go to? Well, the next... Uh, box i would pick up would be the karmic debt box um, and that's for the henchman minako ray who before certain faq changes was possibly the most broken model in the game um, and it's been brought back into line and i still think she's super solid in last blossoms she's she's very popular amongst any 10 thunders master i think as a potential option but she's especially good in keyword so tom do you want to talk us a little bit through her card then because you, you've actually played against her yeah, she's she's a weird kind of like pseudo summoner, which you know, according to other people, are the most broken models in the game. But um, I think they are pretty. There's a little chuckle off camera. Sorry, um, my Finn Bale is fading away with the amount of alcohol I'm consuming. Anyway, I'm so salty at the moment. Um, anyway, Monaco Ray, really interesting in her mechanics because it's hard to pin down exactly what she is. She has. A very decent damage output. She has an interesting upgrade mechanic, which I'll let Darren talk us through in a second with the Karmic Ties. She is 
quite speedy, move six, which you definitely can't complain about. She's got the damage buffs that go with the last blossom, but then she also has an ability to summon, as we mentioned. And she's just this incredible toolbox. And for eight soul stones, being a henchman as well, you know, she has the ability to use stones to get the triggers that she wants to, which is pretty good. She can chuck out adversary, which is always great. Um, or she also has the ability as a henchman to kind of stone that damage, meaning she's not really going to suffer too badly. You know, defense six, willpower five, unless you're distinctly going after her willpower, which not a lot of models do. Um, she's hard to pin down. So what is her main point, Darren? Like, Because like I said, I just see her and I just see a buffet of options. Well, like you say, she's a sort of toolbox um, support piece. And the main thing that she's doing on the first couple of turns is it's possibly using her tactical action of create Katashiro. Now, there's a little wall of text here, so we're just going to read it from the card. Uh, remove target Scrapple Friendly Shadow Marker uh, within three inches of her. Uh, it's stat five, target number is 17 of tomes. Uh, if a shadow marker is removed, increase this action stat by plus two, so you need a 10 of tomes. And that's the key thing, because um, the other keywords don't need a 12 whereas last blossom is going to need a 10 summon a friendly katashiro with slow anywhere within range it gains a flicker token so they're basically bringing in a four soul uh, sorry a five soul stone uh, minion construct that's an absolutely phenomenal um scheme runner and actually has not a bad damage output as well so mm -hmm. basically the katashiro it's only defense and willpower four, um, but it's got blade rush, so it can do a point of damage when it moves through models. It's got the ability to get a flicker token, so it can add a flicker token to itself to gain a positive to jeweled and damage flips. Um, it's got one, two, four damage, so it's not a huge amount, but its bonus action of blown by the wind places it anywhere within five inches, and once a turn, when it places, it gets to make a melee action. So... When it's not got the slow on it, it's got basically a 15-inch move, and you can base you can have a move, a charge, and then a place, and have three moves and two melee actions out of a five-stone model that I've summoned off a shadow marker. Um, Courtney, what are your thoughts on after hearing all of that? It's, I mean, for killer origami, it's it's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you would have thought you would have thought that you, the worst thing they could do to you is give you a paper cut. But I mean, it's quite a considerable paper cut. One, two, four. Uh, at least on that severe, anyway. They're just. I mean, the the the, the bonus action um, is just really good. It gets them where they need to be, um, and you know, it gives you that it does does extra bodies to do either the schemes or put additional pressure on your opponent or give you or give you make sure that you've got that bit, last bits of activation if you need it. I think Monoko Ray herself is just you, you can definitely tell that why people take Tucker before. And and yeah, like you said what you said, you know, I could still see people taking her now because she's a solid model. She's she's going to do what she wants to do, and it's not it's not even the only thing that she can summon, is it, Darren? No, there's her her trigger. Um, now this is the thing that got changed because it used to be after resolving. Now it's um, she has to win the duel. But on a defense, 
of six willpower five and the defense is built in with a mask trigger she's got karmic debt so discard any karmic fate upgrades already attached to enemy models um, attach the karmic fate upgrade to the attacking model and the karmic fate upgrade um says uh, at the start of this model's activation it can discard two cards to discard this upgrade if it does an enemy minaka ray heals two if it doesn't discard that then any damage that minaka ray takes is also suffered by the model that has the upgrade and if the model that's got the upgrade is killed, then I get to summon a uh, one Yudo into base contact with it, which is a seven soul stone uh, versatile enforcer. It's in the Revenant keyword as well, so I don't know if you've ever used it in that keyword, Courtney. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's very Jeremy Wheelface. <laughs> that's my personal nickname for him, Jeremy Wheelface. Um, he's great in uh, Revenant because he gives you, he's basically a very good. Um, scheme runner, anti-scheme runner. He gets where he wants to be. He's got that seven movement. He's 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 rolling all around the place. He's he's a he's just a great model. Um, and to get it for free is just a joke, really. It's a joke. But that's that's the that's the strength of Monoko Ray. You know, she's she's either throwing wheels at you, or she's trying to cut you with a paper. She's so independent as well, though. She really doesn't need anything else on the board to support her, which I think is what adds to her, you know, pardon the pun, versatility, um, that she can slot into any crew for eight soul stones. But with the last blossom, just the help of that summon just adds that extra bit of support. But to be honest, she can just go off and do her own game plan. Yeah, yeah 100%. One of the things that people do do, or I've, I've heard done, when they're taking out a keyword, is they actually take a Toto out of keyword because he's got the ability to drop those shadow markers down uh, with his action, uh, as we talked about when he's doing the storm is coming, and then she summons off that, so she's not even summoning, getting the negative um, to the summoning, and you're still getting a Toto as a massive beat stick. Um, that's cool. The other thing I will say with her is um, if she does actually attack the model that's um, that's got the upgrade on them, she actually can do some irreducible damage to them as well. Um, so... There's, there's not much that she doesn't do. And you, you get all of those models in that single box um, across three keywords. Um, so I, that's why I recommend getting them all together, just because if if you've got Minaka Ray, there's, there's no reason not to be using the other two models in the crew. There's a fun discussion here about, like, you know, best versatile models. I mean, obviously, you've got things like Serena Bowman and the Bone Pile that are probably in for the discussion as well, but she's got to be up there as one of the best versatile models available. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I would use it if she wasn't a last blossom. The fact that she is a last blossom just makes me want to take her in the crew to to fit with the theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that's really the entire box. Karmic debt. It, it's you you buy Minaka Ray for your crew, and then you get to bring in the other models, dependent on circumstances, for free during the game. It's really good that it's a box you're buying that you will get use out of everything for. Yeah, absolutely. Which some of the boxes are a little bit more hit and miss, but can't, that's why I say it's literally the first box I would pick up after the uh, the core box itself. Yeah, cool. So, is there anywhere else you go to to round out the crew? What's your fifty soulstone crew looking like? So, where would you go to next? Well, in terms of my fifty soulstone crew, the next thing that I would be looking at is possibly one of my favourite models um, in the faction, and and that's the uh, the Katanaka Crime Boss, um, and he comes in the Crime Syndicate. Um, and he's an eight soul stone uh, minion. Uh, he's he's well, depending on which of the two that you you, you build, um, you've either got a big beefy boy or a little girl on a forty mil base. And 
I must admit, I do tend to use the, the big beefy boy just for psychological reasons, because he does look a little bit more intimidating and threatening to people on the table. I can attest to that. Um, and he's he's another really, really good sort of toolbox piece. So he's defence five, willpower six, move four. Um, but don't let that move four fool you as to how quick he can actually move around the table. Um on the front of his card, he's got protection money. So if an enemy ski marker is dropped within six inches of aura of him, um, you can draw a card. He's got the extended reach that Mizaki had. He's got laugh off, so you can't be moved by enemy model's effects, or it can choose not to be moved by enemy model effects. Um, and he comes with charge through, again, for that bonus to his damage flips. And his attack actions are actually really tasty. Um, he's got uh, the Nagamaki, which is another two-inch melee range stat six against defense so there's a hell of a lot of two inch ranges in this crew which is actually quite a rarity in in, in m3 i found yeah um and it comes with a three four five damage track which uh as courtney will absolutely love oh i do i see that three and it just makes me feel things <laughs> uh now his two triggers is on rams he can place the target anywhere within three inches of himself and on a tome, he's got unworthy of retention. So the target must be There's an enemy model. Joke in here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> target must be an enemy model within three inches of a friendly shadow marker. Draw a card and gain a pass token, which is just situational. But it's a, it's a huge advantage to have that card and a pass token, particularly when you're trying to get that last activation potentially with some models in the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his other attack action isn't one that gets used very often. Um, range 8, stat 5 against willpower, uh, and a target non-leader enemy model within 3 inches of a scheme or friendly shadow marker. Uh, target must either discard a random card and suffer 2 damage, or take a non-bonus action that does not attach upgrades or list a model by name, chosen and controlled by this model. So it's a sort of pseudo-obey for a model that's more like a beta so it's a really useful thing to have, although you're not going to be using it in every single game. I do want to point out as well is that is facilitating your um, execute with Mizaki because if they decide to discard those cards, that's two cards close to death they are with that trigger. Yeah, and the fact it's a random card as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's only got one tactical action, but it's an amazing tactical action. Um, and again, this is another thing playing around the scheme and shadow markers. So it's got a six inch range, stat six with a target number of 10. So you're only looking for a four. Target a friendly scheme or shadow marker within range and place this model into base contact with it. Then push any enemy models within two inches pulse of this model, two inches away from this model. He's got two triggers. One on rams is to remove an enemy scheme marker within two inches and take a melee action. Targeting a model that had been pushed, ignoring range, or on crows, he can remove a corpse marker within two inches and enemy models pushed, all gain distracted plus one. So that's where you're thinking, oh, he's got a movement of four. Well, if you've, if you've been clever with your, your, your shadow markers, which you've got in place either from a Toto, from your Torikagi, or from Mizaki yourself, then he's suddenly got a six inch move placing to the other side of that marker. He's got a 40 mil base and then he's got a two inch melee range. He doesn't get the bonus charge through damage for the positive flip, but he's still hugely up the table. Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great bonus action um, for just completely messing with the positioning. 
and then just giving them either, either getting a, a free whack on something or giving things distracted, which is just a it's a condition you don't want on your models. Yeah, it's not a nice one to have distracted, unless you're English Ivan and then you absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that one. <laughs> Oh, but that's a broken explorers that we're all going to moan about, isn't it? They're not broken. They're just really <laughs> well balanced, really well balanced, and they're so new and funky that no one quite knows what they do yet. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's the Katanaka Crime Box. They're fairly decent, actually. I've just been reading the um, the Bayou Fluff, and there's a story with Brewmaster coming up against the Katanaka Crime Boss. It's really cool, actually. Um, yeah, who wins? Brewmaster, of course. It's the Bayou Book. Well, we I mean, it we could, don't talk about that traitor. To be fair, it could have been a big twist. That it'd be a big twist if he died in his own book. No one like... would see that coming. <laughs> Just deploy a corpse marker at the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about the old lady in the box? Is it Yamaziko? Yamaziko. Now, she was Mizaki's tutor back on Earth before they came oh. through the breach. So, so she sort of picked up her uh, Yari to join her young student on the other side and supported her when she challenged her father to take over leadership of the Ten Thunders. So it's a really nice little bit of fluff. Um, Defence five, uh, another willpower of seven for Tom. No, 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 Darren, Darren, go straight to the bonus action. Like, screw the rest, because she exists because of the bonus action. What, what finesse? No, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking it's about. That finesse, but I don't think it's the whole the whole model top. Get to the point. Okay, she's she's got a bonus action called Great Teacher, which is uh, stat six, needing a target number of eleven. Uh, it's a six inch aura and discard a card, but until the end phase, friendly minions within range gain a positive to all duels. Um, Sorry, what was that, Darren? Can you just repeat it one more time? Friendly minions within range receive a positive to all duels. A six inch range on a forty mil base. Yep. For a bonus action. Yep. It's all right, Continue. that, isn't it? Yeah. Not bad, isn't it? It's all right. Bad, with, with, with an entire crew that gets positives on, like, you know, charging and stuff. Yeah, and it's I, all right, that. I will just point out that there are no enforcers in Last Blossoms. There's no enforcers in Last Blossoms. Everything's a minion apart from the henchman and master. Mm-hmm. It's all right, that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And That's a very Ten Thunders thing, actually, because Yuko hasn't got any enforcers either. I've just done the video for her, and I was like, where are the enforcers? Oh, it's just versatiles that you've got, basically. Oh, yeah, sorry. The only enforcer is Shang, so he's not going to get positives. Nah. Yeah, I didn't realise that Katanaka Crime Boss was a minion. They seem like they <laughs> should be an enforcer. Yeah. Which means that when you, really upgrade, that, <laughs> when you get the upgrades on them, plus this, they're getting all the bonuses. Flipping heck. And Darren didn't even take her in the battle report we did, which I'm really thankful for. <laughs> well, she she does have she still has the charge through to the positive to the damage flip. She's still got extended reach, um, but she, her Yari is only stat five with a two inch range. But it comes with the tomes built in, and the tomes gives it blast damage. So effectively, if you're declaring the trigger, and you've got nothing else to do. It's two blast, three blast, four blast uh, on her melee attacks. She's also got the OnlyFans trigger as well. The uh, unworthy of her attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she she does the same thing again. And if she does get a mask, she's got knock aside to push a target four inches. But why would you do that? Yeah. Unworthy of her attention closer. or sweeping strike. Yeah. Um, her, last, her last attack action is only against enemy leaders. Stat six. 
range six, resisted by willpower, uh, and the target must discard a random card for each of its unrevealed schemes. Because again, get rid of more cards so I can execute later in the turn. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. really good. It seems very, uh, very Jack Dory in the sense of like burn the resources, then charge with the executes in. I just found like um, any any master that can burn your opponent's resources is just so powerful. Yeah. When you're in a situation when they've got no cards and you've just got five or six or whatever, um, it, it, you can't underestimate how much of a position that puts you in you feel like you're playing wrong when you're top decking you feel like you've made a mistake a lot of the time yeah. I don't know if that's just me but you feel like you've got yourself into the situation whereas it's like some masters will just force that to happen yeah exactly. that's the whole mechanic but you yeah. do feel like you've you've misplayed shall we say and it's definitely not the case but you are at a massive disadvantage and it is deceptive in this crew because it's not built around the discards like, say, Jackdaw or Lucius or someone like that would be. But you've got the seven-card hand from having um, the Arcane Reservoir. And I didn't mention it at the time, but Minakare's bonus action is to draw a card if you've got less cards in hand than your opponent with, yeah. with no target number. So it's, it's just constant pressure on hand. And again, with the fact I'm flipping positives on a lot of the jewels, decent stats... You know, forcing people to two-inch melee in. across the board as well, so you can attack without really worrying about being attacked back. So they've got to kind of come to you, and that extended reach to prevent their their charge actions. It it, so it's, yeah. it builds up and it builds up and it builds up, and it doesn't feel oppressive until it all starts to hit together. And when it does click together, that's when the machine starts to work. Uh, I will point out that even though she's got that far movement, she's also got nimble, and. Um... The honourable trigger, the honourable ability is a bit of a two-edged sword. So you can't gain distracted, but she can't really benefit from the pump timing distracted as well. So, but generally speaking, I, I suppose that's it's fine like that because does that make her a tech pick? Do you think because she she's very good just for her bonus action, but do you find that she's she's definitely going into? I don't know. I'm trying to think who chucks out distracted. Yuko, for example, is, is she Colette. just coming or Colette? Or, is she coming to the party? Or Nelly, the master you play. Or Nelly, the master that I play. <laughs> yeah, but Nelly uh, tends three to be distracted in. on everything. Three so, um, yeah, three games in. I'm still learning. <laughs> that podcast isn't for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think she's a, she's more of a tech pick for the fact that. That that great teacher ability is just so useful, but it does encourage you to play as more of a sort of, I'm not going to say bubble, but a sort of what a, a cluster. When I tend to play a, a a last blossom crew, I will tend to spread out because a lot of the models operate very very well independently of each other. That's, I was going to touch on it when we talk about like how, tactics and how to play them a little bit, and I think it was indicative in the battle reports that things were just moving out on their own. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say with that great teacher, like how many models are you getting in that normally? Because although it is a massive yeah. range, they do seem like they want to be off spreading out. And- I just, yeah, I mean, like I think where Darren's going, the problem is, is that even though she's got that nimble, let's a bonus action, she's still got two great bonus actions, and that great teacher is probably going to be the one you want to go for. The problem is, is that she's far moving, and everything else is like seven, six, whatever. So. It's the only the only time you really have to get much use out of her is if you've got um, schemes in the pool like um, uh, Mac. Oh, what's it called? The one that in the middle. Claim jump. Um, claim jump. Claim jump. Or, yeah, yeah, claim um, jump. Leave your leave mark. Your mark. You know, somewhere where you've got a focal point. Other than that, she she's just going to be on her own. Or you're going to force to 
to sort of seed some of your uh, mobility just to keep some minions around her. And I don't think that's the strength of Mazaki personally. I think she's the quarterback, isn't she? Because that six-inch aura needs to be up for their activations. So it's realistically she's kind of behind them. She's kind of like, is it Abula Ortega, the old lady who's kind of like, good, keep going, you know, good job, child. Yeah, I mean, there's particular particular builds where you can actually go more sort of ranged focused with a a Last Blossom or Ten Thunder um, crew. And she'd probably support that, you know, just moving up behind your your long range hitters but it's not my style of playing her so i mean she's cheap she's only seven soul stones for a henchman i've got, I've got to say that that is cheap seven soul stones for a henchman seems really good but then you look at it she hasn't got that much defensive tech really if, if you're shooting at her with something half decent she's seven wounds defense five yeah exactly so that leaves uh, one more part of this box which is the snipers which yeah. are super fun models they are super fun. Now, back in second edition, these were absolutely broken as hell. Um, mm-hmm. They they toned them down <laughs> a little bit. Knowing from Chris there in the background. Cordy and I just were like, oh, really? And Chris is like, yeah, that's how this Chris had a Vietnam moment. <laughs> yeah. I just pictured flames and burning bodies. <laughs> well, any, anyone who played against them, and I've been on the receiving end of them, as knows what they're coming from. Um, so defense and willpower five, only got four movements. Um, coming in at six, seven soul stones. They're not the cheapest model uh, for, a, for a minion. Um, they've got from the shadows, so they get to deploy further up. Uh, they ignore concealment and friendly fire. They're assassins. And they, if they have got a focus condition, uh, when they take a ranged attack, they can lower the focus by one to get plus 10 inches on the range, which takes their clockwork rifles to a 24-inch range. Good old clockwork rifles. Standard sniper gear. Stat 5, targeting defence, ignoring cover. We're already ignoring uh, concealment and friendly fire as well. 235 damage, so that, that top-end damage is really tasty. They've got the crit strike trigger. They, they've also got unworthy of her attention. And they've got reposition on masks. I tried to think of a joke. I didn't know. Wait for Tom. Say, there's a lot of soups in this crew. (laughs) Don't you dare go near my waifu. She's the best. (laughs) Stay away from her shadow markers. Can someone paint like a a Mazaki, like Bell Daphne or something? (laughs) (laughs) Is the Mazaki Mazaki bathwater? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, is that, that going to be the next Nightmare crew? Um, yeah, they have to write themselves. The Shadow Markers are going to be Bathwater Markers. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Zaki fans, I'm sorry. We descended yeah, down no, the rabbit we, hole. The first time we deal with the Ten Thunders and we're just rinsing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't worry, Guild players, your turn's next. So... Um, <laughs> They're pretty good at shooting. Uh, that crit strike is a six damage on a severe. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. They do have quick retreat as well. So they're, again, they're hard to pin down in combat because for a bonus action, they just push themselves four out, four inches out, only can be used whilst they're engaged. Uh, there's another model for the same points cost, which is one of the last two minions that you can get in the keyword that I would actually take it ahead of them. But that's just personal choice because I think they are super solid. Do you think the stat five is what kind of makes the difference? Do you think if they were stat six, they'd be a very much an auto include? I think. Do you think was, it's just that one difference? I think if they were stat six, I think it'd be too much. In all honesty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because with that focus, they've got a twenty-four inch um, shooting. I mean, that's 
I mean, that's like pretty much across the board, isn't it? And then you don't necessarily need to move them, especially if you've got some way of giving them focus. I don't, I didn't really see that in the crew, but um, turn one, you're just going to be walking them into position, and uh, it, well, they're already advanced what? deploy anyway, so you're definitely going to be concentrating once yeah. turn one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you probably you probably activate these late, so they've not got a lot of cars in the rounds, so you've got a better chance of scoring that hit with the um, sniper. And you just keep them out of range, out of the way, and they're just a constant um, threat. Because if you get, because you can't just ignore, you can't ignore them fully. Because if they get that severe, I mean, that's that's five damage without a crit strike. That's a lot. That's a lot of damage that's... for something that could just be. Um, just in in a in a park bench somewhere off to the side. I think it's an interesting discussion about the snipers because obviously you think like Angel Eyes and Hands stat six, Nino stat five, but he's got the positive built in. They've all got the crit strike along with the Katanaka sniper. So I'm interested to see how much the five and six make a difference flip on flip basis. Because obviously Nino stat five, but he's got a positive built in and he's probably got focus on him. It's interesting to see how much that point makes a difference in duels. Because I'm never confident with a stat five attack. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's one of them risky times, stat five, and it? it's it, stat six is like pretty pretty safe. Really, you can at least match anything out there. But stat five, there's always that chance they could have a thirteen, and you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. but then again, if you're activating late, their hand's going to be low, and their hand is. Ideally, against certain matches, you're just screwed. They're going to have cards wherever you do. Yeah, but against but. Certainly, if you activate in late, that stat five doesn't always need to be a, a massive negative because if you can um, if you can get them with with no cards in their hands or with very few, and you still got a good card in your hands, you can force that damage through. I just I, I just think it's potentially you potentially got a model there that is always going to be a danger, and it's something you can't completely forget about because yeah, one two turn one and turn two might not do anything, but turn three he get he manages to get severe on one of your models and just wipes him out, and it's just like what what, what am I supposed to do there? Could we so, argue uh, he is an easy activation then, rather than him always going late? Is he just one, Darren? If you don't know what you're going to do, you just have a few pops with this thing. Yeah, I mean, again, I th- this is a tech pick for me, um, and the tech for this one is quite often around the deployments. Like if I'm playing corner or anything where they're a further distance away, like the, I can't remember the name of the L shape in the corner, but flank. Yeah, but basically not the not the standard deployments and not where we're meeting in the middle. Um, I can place place him off in a corner somewhere and just threaten that twenty four inches across the table, just keep him safe. And, and like Courtney says, yeah. he's just that you, they're either going to have to use a card, which they don't necessarily want to do if I'm going to be threatened later in the turn with Mizaki's Execute or with hard-hitting attacks, or it's something that they're just going to have to let go. So, yeah, he, he can be quite a simple, straightforward activation to use. So what's the model that you said you'd take instead of this, then, that normally replaces it? Um, this is uh, the Thunder Archers. Oh, now, I know about these. I've used these. Yeah, yeah. Chris can talk about these. Uh, he can uh, actually... <laughs> she had long triggers just pinged in his head. <laughs> <laughs> these are my boys. These are my boys. I will go on about these, and I will go on about um, what I used these for against... Was it our game, Courtney? Um, yeah, I was playing... Um, um... Uh, Link, not Lynch, McCabe. McCabe, it. yeah, that was it, that was it. So these guys, um, the, the dual faction, Last Blossom and Monk, so they can gain chi tokens when they activate and they can use the chi to uh, add plus two to any duel um, 
but it's before you cheat, so it's only after you flip. But that that plus two to any duel makes a massive difference because the defense five willpower six that can become defense seven willpower eight if it's a defense duel. Uh, they've got leap aside on a mask that's not built in for the defense, so they can pu- place anywhere within three inches. They've got assassin to gain fast uh, if they kill a model, which comes in from Last Blossom. Always wonder where that came from. Uh, and they ignore friendly fire. Now they don't have a gun; um, they have a blessed longbow which is a 12-inch range, stat 6 against defense. But again, you drop that chi and it goes up to stat 8. It ignores concealment, 2, 3, 4 damage, ignoring incorporeal. Uh, On a ram, you've got aggressive chi, so you can discard a chi token, uh, which makes the damage irreducible. Uh, On a tome, if you've cheated, you can draw a card. And on an X, you've got the shadow pin, um, which is plus 1 damage and staggered. Kind of like the old simp trigger, but um, staggered rather than whatever the simp ability was Uh, but the thing i loved on these was the target practice tactical action uh, which is a really weird one it's a 20 inch range and it's stat four and the target number of this is equal to the distance in inches between this model and the target scheme marker and you remove the target so basically you can pick a scheme marker that's 20 inches away and using a red joker and a chi token you can remove that scheme marker so I had one of these yeah, guys sat to screw your scheming ability. Oh, screw everything. He was, he was sat basically just outside my deployment zone in the back. And every time Corny dropped a scheme marker, I'd just shoot it off Ooh. with him. And I kept making him Sorry. fast as well. So he'd get three shots and shoot off three scheme markers. And that was pretty much all he's doing. Yeah. It was um, it was it was great listeners. I had a great time. <laughs> really, really loved it. After I shot whatever was coming at me and then did that. Uh, bonus actions, all right as well. I always forget to do this. Fistful of arrows, stat six target number fourteen. Uh, you shoot in actions, game a blast to them. And if you get a tome on that, you can take a concentrate. Worth doing for the tome on the concentrate because again, you can you can change that focus into a chi if you want. Um, but yeah, I, I really rate these guys. I'll always take at least one in the Shenlong crew. Um, how many are you taking with Masaki? Uh, it, again, it depends on whether I'm dipping into my versatiles or not. If I'm playing pure Last Blossoms, I do tend to try and take two of them because it gives me the chance to shoot back. Where Because yeah. a lot of the stuff I've got is up, up front to melee and I do like you know, being able to reach out and touch someone from 12 inches away. And that whole two, three, four, incorporeal, ignoring incorporeal, ignoring concealment, blast, um, against certain crews that want to play close together, something like an Ironsides crew, um, you know, if you get the aggressive cheese, the damage is irreducible as well. It starts to really rack up. Yeah, if chucking those blasts out, it's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. And and like Chris says, just that that whole plus two for the the chi, um means that reliably you're going to hit what you want to. So, are there any other models we're missing then to round off your crew? There's one last model which is a. It's dual keyword, and it's actually dual faction, and it's in the bandit keyword as well as Last Blossom, uh, and that's the Woku Raider. Now, these are another minion costing eight. Uh, Defense five, willpower six, movement five. Um, They've got bulletproof, so effectively armor against shooting attacks for one point. Um, They've got the combat finesse that I think is on your mature Nephilim, if I'm right, Tom? Yes, indeed. Um, And then some more of the sort of bandit mechanics that come in so that after an enemy scheme marker is dropped or placed within six inches the Woku Raider can move up to three and they can remove a scheme marker within four inches at the start of their activation to gain fast they've got charge through um, with their balanced sword attack which is stat five with a positive doing two four five damage 
So positive to attack, positive to damage when you charge, potentially on a fast model. Uh, they've got crit strike as well. Uh, coordinated attack and drop it, which I think is the, the bandit keyword to drop enemy scheme marks. Yeah. It's their bonus action as well. The movement that they can... They've got a new horizon, so it's stat six needing a, a 10 with the tomes, but they can target a scheme marker, place anywhere within six, and then they can just go to town on anything they want to. Uh, bear in mind, if they've got a second scheme marker, obviously they're fast, as Darren said. They can really put out some pain. Yeah, and the fact that they can drop that, they can move that scheme marker up, then tiles in with the Torikagi that can change it into a shadow marker if you want to teleport up yeah. a Toto or summon your Katashiro or bring Mizaki out. So I don't use them that often because of the eight cost. Um, yeah, it's big. It, it's big. And that, that stat five on the melee attack, If it was, I think if it was stat six, I think they'd be a nine Soulstone model. Um, they're a funny one for me I don't know if they're quite where I want them to be but they're, they're, they're suit really really interesting and I really like them um, just they're not- a weird place because you'd argue they're better in Last Blossom than they are in Bandit but they don't seem to fit many lists of either yeah and my, my brother plays bandits um, and he says that himself and he uses he tends to use two Woku Raiders in his bandit lists um, but I think they are better in Last Blossom so what would be your 50 Soulstone list then, Darren, if you were going to go in, before we head into the break, if you had to play pure Last Blossom before we go on to Versatiles and stuff afterwards, who's going in? So if I'm playing pure Last Blossom, obviously after Mizaki and uh, Shang, uh, I'm taking a Toto, I'm taking Minako Ray, uh, my two henchmen. I'm then going to take two of the uh, the Thunder Archers to give me some ranged attacks. I'm taking the Torikagi uh, from a scheme runner, and I'm taking my Katanaka Crime Boss as my secondary beta and utility piece. Yeah. So, should we have a little break here and then we can go on to versatiles and upgrades? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Um... Right. So, cue the inevitable bathwater. And... <laughs> <laughs> I might save that for the second oh, one. See you in a bit. <laughs> Welcome, weary traveler, to the Last Blossom Guest House. A place for you to rest those tired feet and indulge in one of our many relaxing activities. Why not soak in the Karanake baths like the famous Masaki once did? You could head on down to Monaco's massage room and let the Katashiro comfort you, as long as you don't mind a few paper cuts. Or just relax in your room accompanied by the sounds of the Wanyado rolling through the forests. Don't just take our word for it. Here's some testimonials from previous customers. Well, after a long and successful hunt, I often rest my rival at the last blossom as a little treat. The dogs absolutely love it here. Isn't that right, boys? Come on, now. <laughs> When me and Tranky just need to get away from our hectic showbiz lifestyle, we spend a quiet weekend here away from all the screaming children. So peaceful. And when you leave, why not take a small part of the last blossom with you? 
Signed photos of Masaki are available in the gift shop. Or, for all you thirsty battle boys, you can buy Masaki's own bathwater by the jar for only 15 scrip. The Last Blossom Guesthouse will soothe your shadowy soul. Bathwater may contain traces of Yamaziko, ingest at your own risk. Darren, what about the uh, versatiles? What are we thinking here? Got any? There's all of them. Versatile? All of the versatiles. There's, there's one or two really, really useful ones in 10 Thunders, I'm not going to lie. Possibly the strongest versatiles in the game, oh, no, arguably. Two. I don't know if there's many that can challenge them. Maybe Arcanists? Arcanists do have good, some good versatiles, but I do think 10 Thunders might, might just pip them. Um, I've got to start with the one that um, makes pretty much 90% of my lists, and uh, that is our old friend, the Samurai. So he's another minion. So if you do take him with Yamaziko, you're getting all those positives. Um, Only defense four and willpower five, a really slow movement of four, two points of armor, and he can take concentrate actions as a bonus. Uh, He gets... Blade Rush, so when he charges, he can charge through other models, and if it's an enemy, they take one point of damage. And his charge actions give him plus two inches of movement to actually take him to movement six. And if he does get killed, he can make an attack action against the model that killed him. He's got the Daito, which is a, a relatively common uh, attack throughout Ten Thunders. It's a two, three, five damage, ignoring armor, uh, with crit strike and mutilate, which is if. When resolving the target has slow, it suffers plus one damage. Otherwise, it gains slow on a stat of six. And then he has his Gatling gun, which is 12-inch range, uh, stat five with a positive built-in, two, four, six damage with a ram giving it blast damage. Bonus action, he can juggernaut to heal, so heals one, two, four. Um, I'm going to throw this out to Tom. Samurai? Sucker punch. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're so Malifaux, aren't they? Like they are the most Malifaux thing in the world. It's like honorable samurai with a Gatling gun strapped to them. Um, the, the one thing I will say about samurai is they are deceptively quick. Um, not just because of Blade Rush, but with Mizaki's Oyabun's command, they are deceptively quick. Um, and I think Darren demonstrated that expertly in our battle report if you watch the first turn i think the samurai was well over the halfway line if not near my deployment zone at the end of the first turn um the other thing i'd say about them is that they're really i mean nine soul stones is not cheap but eight wounds armor two even if their defensive stats aren't great um they're quite tasty remember that focus they do as a bonus action doesn't have to be for attacking because they've got the positive built in so that can be saved for defensive flips they are very hard to shift other than a concerted effort. And because of the 12-inch range of their gun and the fact they're probably in some sort of cover, your concerted effort of likely range damage is going to struggle to shift them. So realistically, then you're trying to see if you can get stuck into them or if you can try and do a few blasts or pulses. Um, they are very good models, but I think they're rightly costed at nine soul stones. I think you, you pay for that versatility and that ability that comes with them. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of expensive minions in Ten Thunders, really. Versatile or not, they seem to be 
well, coming from a Bayou player, they seem to be a lot more expensive. Yeah, I tend to run around a seven or eight model count. Um, I think it was seven in the battle report, but Monaco Ray makes up for that with the fact you basically bring in two free Katashiros in for your scheme runners. Mm-hmm. In terms of other versatiles that see a lot of play, um, people before the changes used to really love the Yasunori, and I do run him, um, but I actually really, really like the Dawn Serpent. Yes. I like the Dawn Serpent. I do as well. Now, he's an enforcer. He's nine cost. Uh, defense five, willpower six, another movement of seven. Uh, he's got flight. He's got counter spell, which is the rule I always forget. So you've got to discard a card to declare uh, triggers if you're within six inches again in stimming and attacking. He's another agile model, and he's hard to kill as well with nine wounds. In terms of uh, damage, he's got a uh, stat six melee attack doing three, four, five. And then a six-inch range, stats six range attack doing three, sorry, two, three blast, four double blast, which puts burning out. Uh, on a ram's trigger, you can drop a scrap marker. And on a tomes, uh, it gets burning plus one. And then he's got a really, really tasty tactical action of Rising Dawn, which is a six-inch pull, stats six needing the target number 13. And he heals one for every enemy model within range of him. Uh, and on a Rams trigger, each enemy model within range has to discard a card. And if they don't, they get burning plus one. So It's we- rare in Malifaux that you don't see it capped at like two or three healing. The fact that it can plow right into the middle of a scrum and heal a lot is really good. Yeah, now one change this in second edition, it used to be models that had an, uh, a cast action, which was a, the equivalent of tactical action. So it actually included your own models as well. Um, so I'm glad oh, wow. they changed it. So it used to be a hard-to-kill model that was healing five or six a turn. I think that might be my memory of it that makes me want to take him. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia. He's, he's a very good within the Thunders, though, isn't he? He's, a, he's an excellent independent schemer. And like we said with Last Blossom, they can go off and do their own things. He's really not a bad one to bring in. He kind of fits with it. And having another model with Agile means that he can go off and do his own thing seven inches away. Yeah, and I think... Like I said, there are so many versatile models. The, the third one I would talk about, and this is one that doesn't necessarily get taken a lot by some of the other Ten Thunders players, is the Ten Thunders brother. Now, he's a little bit cheaper. He's the same cost as a Torikagi at six. Um, defense and willpower five, move five. Um, the first thing on his card is one of the reasons that I do take him, uh, and it's protect our holdings. And friendly scheme markers within four inches may not be removed by the effects of enemy models. Ah, so he's a good tech pick then. He's a tech pick. He's then got diversion, so because enemy models within that four inches also can't declare their bonus actions. That's pretty good. It's always brilliant. Diversion's fantastic. Yeah. Um, they've got a defensive trigger um, on masks for misdirection. Another model within two inches must either discard a card or suffer the effects of this action instead of the model. So if you've got a... a uh, mask in hand you can actually bounce the damage onto something else that can actually take the hit because these aren't the most sturdy models they've got nothing defensively apart from the plain defense and willpower being average and six health but it's a nice little trigger in there in terms of uh, melee actions they've got stat five one inch range exotic weapons like the Torikagi. Uh they've got one trigger on tomes for worthy opponents where after resolving draw a card and if the target was killed uh, discard a card and they've got a delay trigger on a crow as well 
Their bonus action is probably the nicest thing about them. Um, until the end phase, enemy models within range, which is six inch aura, uh, that declare a charge action must each pass a target number 13 willpower duel or the action fails. Uh, it's stat five needing a 10. So again, just another way of sort of hampering your opponents, slowing them down, making them throw cards away. Just really, really useful, solid piece at the lower end of the cost if you are buying some of those more expensive models I've talked about. That Dance of the Heavens is pretty nice as well. Yeah, now this one, it's once per activation, uh, the model gains focused. So you can concentrate and do the Dance of the Heavens. You do need a 7, stat 5, target number 12. But based on the the suit of the card, you then get an additional bonus. On a Ram, you get shielded plus 1. On a Tome, you draw a card on Surge. On a Mask, you've got the 3-inch reposition. And on the Crow, your melee actions actually go up to a 2-inch range. Yeah, once they're in position protecting whatever it is, you're just popping, you're concentrating and popping that down to the heavens, aren't you? And then keeping the peace. So yeah, stuff's exactly. finding it really hard to get to them. And again, it's just backing up the fact that you 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 can't charge models that are within two inches of Mizaki or the Katanaka Crime Boss or Yamazuko because they've got that. You can't take the charge actions because of um, extended reach. You have yeah. to take willpower tests to make successful charge actions elsewhere. You're getting slow thrown at you. You're being forced to discard cards, and suddenly it's all just chipping away and chipping away and chipping away, and then a Toto hits you. <laughs> I was going to say that there is one other model I would I would just throw in there as well. Um, he's yeah. not versatile. No, no, just, no, let's just stop now. We'll just we don't need to <laughs> no, go no, into this. Down. No, no, I hear this. Yeah, I don't. Tell us more. Uh, well, he's, he's out of the retainer keyword, and I, I do apologise for the pronunciation, but Sun Kiang, um, he is a seven-cost enforcer. He's not in your keyword, so you're going to be paying eight for him. Um, but he is basically, I would consider, one of the best healers in the game. Um, defense, seven. Willpower, six. Um, friendly models that start their activation within three inches of him heal one. He's got Don't Mind Me, so he can do the interacts. Um, when resolving an action in which another model within three inches suffered damage, they can discard a card to place the damaged model into base-to-base -base contact with this model. With That's Bedside Manor. So it's very similar to what the nurses have got, uh, and Courtney will be familiar with that in how good it is in Rezzers. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But then he adds an extra layer to it, because when a friendly model is placed within three inches, it heals just for placing. So if you place from flying, if you place from this, if you place from a Katashira's bonus action, you're healing a point of damage. If Mizaki places from uh, popping out, no, she might not get it for the unburied, but if the if a Toto places it for his bonus action or the Katanaka crime boss, um, he's got quick cure, so if he takes an assist action, he gains fast. He does have one attack action, and earlier on, um, you said there wasn't that many ways of getting focus onto models in the crew without taking the concentrate action. This is where this comes in because it's an eight inch range, stat seven, target number 13. You can either give a model distracted or focused. And he then has a, some amazing triggers on, on each of the suits. Um, on a ramp, enemy only, they've got to, this model must choose both plays either draw a card or discard a card. And if you've got a larger hand size because of your uh, arcane reservoir you're suddenly stripping your opponent's resources again uh, on a ma mask you've got quick reflexes 
to take the action again targeting a different model. The crow isn't as useful in this crew because it gives you target ancestor, uh, sorry, target against adversary ancestor, but the tome is where it's at. Uh, and this is enemy only. Place the target within six inches of its current location with hole in the world. And, and that is absolutely amazing. If you need to move a model like uh, an Anna Loveless, I would say, or something like that, that's that's stopping you from... Don't say that your trigger caught you with Serena Bowman, though. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't even start with that. I don't even want to hear that. I, don't move Anna Loveless. I'm triggering a lot of people with this model, I think. Um, <laughs> well, you know, let me tell you, right? She was happy. I was all happy. You know, set it up with, and then what does he do? What does he do? He fucking gets his dirty tentacle out, fucking grabs her, pulls her into like a, a mosh pit of of his stupid dreams. It was terrible. <laughs> to be terrible. fair, it was delightful from my perspective. <laughs> Any Neverborn players listening to this will be smiling. Anyway, can we talk about how stupid this model is? Because I thoroughly loathe it with a passion. <laughs> how weird games. Johnny Weird, how is this seven soul stones? Like how? Perfect. Like, I, I don't I don't know what your problem is. That's, I don't I mean it's I'm, not, I'm not talking as a young wall player here. I'm talking as as a it's so you know, unbiased person. It's so unbiased my ass. It's yeah, so yeah. good. It's so good. <laughs> Just the, the healing alone is amazing, it, let alone the fact it's defense seven, willpower six, eight wounds for seven soul stones. I think like, the fact it, it puts it, out no damage is probably the thing. It has No, because you've got more expensive models that put out no damage, like literally half of like the guild. But it's so good. So good for healing. And in Mazaki, it was so good because of all those placements. It's just he is an incredible healer, and I hate him for it, but I also can't help but be impressed. I think the thing to remember as well is there's a lot of hard-to-kill in Ten Thunders generally as a faction. A Toto, Dawn yeah. Serpent, Lone Swordsman. Yeah, yeah. It, with that ability to pull a model out then take it up to two health again, you, you can have like yeah. it, almost as long as your hand is full, infinite, you can't kill models. Yeah, he's phenomenal just because of the, the place and the plus one heal, like you said, the King of Medicine is just what makes him so good. Um, I can't help but think maybe I'm not going to nerf this model because I, I think he's great and you should play him. But I can't help but think if he's maybe like move four or something, that might be more of a slow kind of healer in the backfield. But he's just when we were playing the battle report, I was like, I can't deal with this guy. I literally can't deal with him because eight wounds is just more than one activation's worth of damage, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. um, that defense so, seven as well is just yeah. I was just like I can't just levy it to death because three swings still won't get through those eight wounds. It's just he's so very good. Yeah, and he's only a recent addition to the crew for me, and it is with the synergies with hard to kill in there. I don't, I won't take him every single time because again, sometimes when I'm splitting models off and they're running into separate corners, he's not always going to be able to back someone up. But if I am using a cluster of two or three models, he will generally back them up. And he's a, he's a great fan of following a Toto round. We didn't even mention his tactical action, did we? Oh, his, uh, his healing energy. Or- yeah. It's not just yeah, the fact that models heal when they place within one inch. I mean, you can actually heal other models as well with a tactical. <laughs> yeah, he, he does have a, a really, really solid, uh, as, as he's just closed on my app, so I'm just going to go with the same thing again. Can I just say, though, can I actually say, the real power about that healing energy is a lot of healers have to be 
in close range to actually get it off. But we've we've sunk quite it's eight inch range. Yeah. That that's mad. That is so good. You know, it's, we talked about nurses before. I, I believe nurses have to be pretty close. It's like two inches. I'm not. Um, but Sun Quang, he could just be like eight inches away and be like, yeah, mate, have, a, have some healing energy. You want some too? And he's got that royal servant, so he's he can heal another model for the same within three to inches. He's, he's such a great healer. Yeah. Tom, I don't know what your problem is with him. He's brilliant. My problem is his brilliance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> as does anyone who plays against, I suppose, Jacob Lynch in that sense. But <laughs> the problem is the brilliance. <laughs> What about upgrades, Darren, then? Where are we putting our upgrades? You talked about Masked Agent. Is there anything else in the Thunder's Locker that goes anywhere? Well, Masked Agent is my first go-to. Um, and the reason, I, if I take it, and I'm taking Mizaki and Atota, I will tend to take it on both of them if I can. And the reason for this is the slingshot. Uh, now, what I do with this is I'll move Atota up. Mizaki will unbury within two inches of him because the card has the with me ability so if you declare a charge action another friendly model within two inches can place within the target of the charge assuming you reach it mizaki will oyubin's command a toto to charge taking mizaki with him and she will place on the other side of the model that i've charged because she's a mobile warrior she will then charge for the second ap herself something further in the back line taking the toto with her so in a way, that when I talked earlier, right, right at the start about ways to sort of do a line break and get to those models that are in the backfield, that's how I do it with two master agents and Oyubin's command and the fact that you can make Last Blossoms charge whilst they're engaged. Yeah. Um, that's horrible. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just look at the cars thinking about it. That's absolutely horrible. Well done. Any other upgrades got... you put out, or is it just literally the two masked agents? Well, like I said, that, that's one option, and yeah. I, I might have just upped myself on the dickishness scale for doing that. <laughs> so we're on the bathwater scale for this one, don't worry. <laughs> um, I do like Trained Ninja as well. Um, now, this one, again, because I'm running two henchmen and a, a master, I do try to keep five soul stones at least um, to use on them, four or five. Um if I was using one less henchman, I'd drop down to two and I'd take this more often. But every 10 Thunders player that I know will take this on a samurai uh, because it gives them stealth so they can't be targeted from more than six inches away and it gives them from the shadows. Because they're a minion, they can deploy anywhere on the table at least six inches out of the enemy deployment zone. So you just put in that samurai right in the opponent's face from turn one to throw down that big damage with a Gatling gun. Um, I even hear about Thunders players doing it twice um i've never actually run more than one samurai but that that thought of coming up against that is absolutely horrible yeah i've heard of it being done twice and um yeah i'm quite disgusted in people to be honest with you i thought the world was a better place than that <laughs> yeah I, not well tempers in it don't worry, Courtney, you can I mean, join you us soon. Masters. <laughs> so what, where are we going with this point? <laughs> Everybody on this podcast, apart from me, plays 10 Thunders and I'm supposed to be the scumbag. Yeah, I will never you take a samurai. 
Oh, okay. Oh. Is that the line? Is that where yeah. the line is being drawn? Yeah. Which is like super samurai. Yeah, I was going to say, you take the fun hat too, though, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, it was a free model I got given, and it fits with what I've got. So yeah, yeah, sure. It'll get oh, nerfed sure, sure. soon. It's not for hat, so it's Miss Not Very Well Told. I can't remember her name. Not Very Guided. Well Told. Miss, Miss Guided, that's it. Miss, <laughs> Miss Raised by Bad Miss Parents. Miss Not Very Well Told. Coming <laughs> to us a tale near you. Darren, what is our full. 10 Thunders keyword 50 Soulstone list then. So you can pick anything you want. Um, our, our full keyword list would be something along the lines of Mizaki with Master Agent, Shang, Atoto with a Master Agent, Minako Ray, Akatanaka Crime Boss, Sun Kiang, and a Samurai. So I think yeah. you've actually seen it on the table. Yeah. And it's just that versatility, that extra maneuverability and the survivability that you can go with it, really. Yeah, and there are so many different ways you can go. With a lot of crews, I would say like the first 30 or 35 soul stones, you build like a core and then you take in a couple of things. There's so much in the Mizaki and Last Blossom keyword that you can really swap in and swap out. It would be quite easy to, to you know, drop, say, a Toto, put in Yamaziko and go really minion heavy and rely on the fact that she's giving them all those positives on the, all of their jewels, defensive, yeah. terrifying attack, everything. So there are lots of different ways you can play it. That's just the way I like to play them. Where does she sit with the schemes and strategies then? Like when are you dropping Mizaki? I know for you, she's your main master in thunders, but like when, when are you thinking, yeah, this is Mizaki time? Um, I, I would, be happy to drop it into pretty much any one of the schemes um i'm i'm never a fan of um what's the idols the one that you're not the biggest fan of as well tom corrupted ley lines corrupted ley lines yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just not a fan of that because of the fact that when you've got the lodestone you can't place you can't place, which yeah. limits <laughs> a lot of the maneuverability around the crew so that one not as much um but pretty much the other three i'd be quite happy to take her in the, um, yeah, you'd say like recover evidence of public enemies, you're laughing really, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, the only weakness you've got with public enemies is you've got a lot of really expensive models. Um, yeah. So you are giving points away, but just kill what they've used to kill yours so they can't score any points. Job done. And you're hard to kill. It's probably keeping you alive for that last attack so to get a heal off, I suppose. Absolutely. What about schemes? Um, I, I tend to play very similar schemes with a lot of my crews. and. When you've when I played against people a few times, they start to be able to predict where I go. I tend to like one scheming scheme and one killing type scheme. Um, yeah, it, it depends on the master, but I will go for vendettas or assassinates, um, and then I'll go for things like sabotage or stake a claim, uh, just to try and sort of mix it up and. Again, with the fact that you've got models like Minako Ray and the Katanaka Crime Boss that can't be moved by your opponents, you know, if you need to be in a particular area of the board, you can stay there. You're not going to go away. And you've got the speed to really reach anywhere that you need to to drop the ski markers that you want. So realistically, you've got that versatility no matter what you really want to go for. So is she is she a good starting master for a 10 Thunders player? I think she is because the, the fact that she's got solid stats across the board, like you said, Defense six, willpower seven, the seven on the attack actions. She puts out a good amount of damage and then she supports just with her being able to make her own models charge up. Atoto's a very straightforward beater. Um, 
you can you can pick up a lot, and but I think you start to see the synergies with it. The only tricky bit is the shadow markers and learning when to bring her out. But you don't even have to use those, or you can use Shang to unbury her. It's when you start to add in the other layers that you start to see exactly what she's capable of. But I, I think she is a good starter master as well. Yeah, I think that's really good, guys. Do you have anything you want to ask the master, the maestro? Um, no, I mean I, I think that's pretty much covered everything I have to say. Um, I suppose I'd love to ask while Darren's on the on the podcast. Um, Darren, how do you sleep at night? Uh, like a baby, <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> a bed of corpses. With a bed of victory. <laughs> Well, let's go on this. Darren, what are the highlights from Azaki? Because we always do favourite moments. Um, do you want to hit us with a few of yours? Um, well, one of these, I, I, this, this one did make me feel a little bit guilty for about three seconds. Um, I played Dave in one of his first games with Euripides, and he got very, very excited. <laughs> We're already <laughs> laughing. You don't need to tell us the rest of the story. Well, he got really, really wow. excited because Thune actually managed to bury Mizaki in an ice pillar. And then I just went, yeah, Shang's just going to pop her out of it over here and kill something else. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how does she play into Tara and that? Because, um, yeah, Tara's burying the rest of the crew, but Basaki's just not asked, is she? If if Shang gets buried, it's a, it's, it's a worry. Um, but the yeah. fact she's unburying herself, again, I think Tara would be an interesting one because you'd have to decide when to unbury her and she's got more of a Yeah, I feel, I feel Masaki would not like Tara because Tara can attack her while she's off and Tara can bring her out without Masaki asking. You've got two models that can rip her straight out of Buried. Mm. Exactly. I think she's... All the games I've played her in, um, including on the channel, I've, I've played her into Jackdaw and lost really heavily against Jackdaw. Um, she, she never, I never feel like I'm... You know, completely outclassed. I think I'm always in the game. It's it's my choices and my decisions that make or break whether she's successful or not. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think she's. You know, I, I hate the concept of tiers in any game. But if I'm if I have to say it, I don't think she's an S tier master. But I think she's capable of winning. A good player with her will challenge anyone. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of looking at it. I think I said similar things about Tara when we did that podcast. I think if you play that master regularly, I think you've got a good shot against whoever you play against. Yeah, and I don't feel as dirty as I do when I'm playing Colette. Yeah, you do have a theme of masters that that are very difficult to deal with, shall we say. (laughs) How could you play play Colette? I don't know know how you could bring yourself to do it. You play Colette. Don't even start. (laughs) Just... Get the misinformation Tom, I'm supposed to be bringing the listeners on my side, mate. You can't just say stuff like that. They're going to gonna be heartbroken to know that I'm playing that sort of shit. <laughs> oh. You still do it. You still do it. <laughs> I still do it because I'm a scumbag. I, I will just get this in now. I, I, I'm a, as a regular listener, I heard Chris's comments uh, about uh, a certain Yeah, game. get your licks back in. Go for it. Yeah, listening, listening to it. So we're going to have Darren come on. Uh, oh, is, is he playing tonight? Yeah, I hope he gets his shit pushed in. It's like... Oh, it, was it. it was meant more of the master than the person because you were playing Masaki yeah. in that game and I think you just kicked Tom's ass on YouTube. No, don't fucking listen to it, Darren. He was, he was going well, fucking Darren. I'd, I'd slap him in the face. <laughs> I, I, I did send a message through saying, I did play and I didn't. No, you didn't. No, you just kicked <laughs> 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 uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't that, I think, for one minute. 
I think it, the, the nicest thing we can say to Darren, apart from all the loveliness that he is, is that the Masters you play feed into... You said a minute ago that you have a predictable pattern. I would say of all the players that we play against, it's so hard to read what you're going with. And I think half it is down to the way you play, but half it is also down to your crews because they're just so versatile that I think it allows you to think very much on your feet. Like I can never get a read. Yeah, exactly. And Masaki, Colette, Marcus, they've all got, as you've said, that ability to flex on one scheme target or one damage one or two scheme or two damage or scheme market placements. And I think that's definitely a selling point for Masaki that you can kind of find your way and use her however you want to use her. Yeah, and it's another reason I'm a big fan of Kirai and uh, summoning Seishin in a Kirai list as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Darren, you're coming on every oh, week, mate. No, you cannot look me in the eye and tell me that you've summoned Seishin. No, I'm you can say it into the microphone, Carly, which is the truth. Yeah, I, you I'm can't look me in the eye because we have to social distance. Go, He's in a different I'm tier. Not We're not starting this again. People agree with me. Right? You can do whatever you want, but I've got the, I've got the voice of the people <laughs> on this. I'm going to lay this to rest for the, for, for, forever. I played Tom just before we both went to one of the Breach in the North events at the end of last year um, for our practice game. And My first game against the Summoner, that was a wake-up call. Yeah, and it was an incredibly close game. Tom won it 6-5. And I got really drawn into, baited into Candy and Pandora's bubble. <laughs> so I, I, about turn four, I realised I actually needed to score some points, but it was a bit, little bit too late. But in that game, I had such a god-awful hand, I couldn't summon anything else, and I needed the one, the heal, uh, to go off to keep a couple of models alive from the life leech on the um, sorrows, so I did summon a station. Can I just point out? Can, well, can I just point something out though that you just said? You lost that game, so that station you summoned that station, and you you bloody lost. So there you go, kids. That's what you need to take away from this. You summon a station, you're gonna lose, mate. <laughs> there you go. Jerry's just Jerry's just. Let's go to the scores because we have like explorers and stuff to talk about and we have Lauren's <laughs> podcast to plug and I feel this discussion will go on a little bit too before long. So, well, I'll go on all night about this. Before the scores, we've missed one thing, what we take to shut down Misaki. So what would be a good counter to her, Darren? What does she fear? Playing a different person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like Tara. Yeah, um, I. It might just be me, but I have a horrendous record against Jack Daw. Right. Um, what is it about Jack Daw? Is it the the terrifying jewels? It's the stripping of my hand. Right. Um, yeah. If I don't have a hand to be able to cheat in, um, having the arcane reservoir means absolutely nothing. And the fact that he's drawing the cards that I'm trying to force him to discard with some of my abilities. Um, and he could just yeah your positive flip sometimes will just be two junk cards yeah and if you can't then cheat that it's a problem and things like Montresor can really tie models up as well the, the, he's one of the ones where I might flex in something with like a lantern of souls or something like that just to 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 try and really counter it but I've never had really good success against Jack Dor. what about range does she fear range or is it not that bad um, yeah, how someone like Perdita, who can get a lot of movement out of hers, and she's shooting you just as much positive flips as you're hitting them in combat. If I'm going into something like Perdita, then I'm actually going to probably take Train Ninja on Mizaki or a Toto or both instead of the Master Agent to give them stealth. Yeah. And there's a, there's the stealth from the Torikagi, and then the fact I can shoot back with the Samurai 
and I'm quite there's there's not much that outshoots the samurai. And again, Chris mentioned it for Hatsu's there as well, if as an option. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 plenty You're of things. In to deal with that. Exactly. And movement seven means I can get across the board with things like the Dawn Surface and the Torikage to tie things up that are like relying on ranged. There's just a lot of things you can do with Thunders. How does she deal with summoners, Darren? Um with that fact that you can sort of get past the front line and get into summoners, um, they don't tend to like her as much because yeah, I thought... depending on the summoner, like someone like Sandeep, um, they want all of the mantras to be going off and, and bubbling up. I can put blasts down, but I can actually get into that master and really start to threaten it. If they can't declare defensive triggers, if they're relying on defensive triggers, their stats aren't as good. I just keep throwing damage at them and I can just play really aggressively. I'm not as aggressive a player as you are in the way I play the game. I tend to be more flit around the edges and pick my fights. So, but if I need to, I'll just go straight for the master. Oh, you, you obviously mean Courtney here, obviously, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so aggressive, mate. Like, they call me the terror. Uh, um, the terror of the halfway line. Yeah, the terror of the halfway line. That's my full title. Yeah, so I mean, I know. Oh, don't be intimidated. I know. I know. Don't be intimidated. You can tell. <laughs> Corny, we've man, we've not actually managed to have a game. This this challenge is still no, open. Haven't. Yeah, the challenge still is never still play. Open. Have I? I've played you, Darren. No, I'll be honest with you. Every time that me and Darren have, have um, just. Try to play something. Yeah, you've suddenly found an excuse, have you, Courtney? I understand. Be, yeah, be, I like if, how I'm the crash no, test for me for Darren. It's because, right, if me and Darren were to play, the testosterone and, <laughs> and like the, the the power that would come from that table would probably like distort the world. We can't have it. You know, we're, me and Darren are doing a public service to everybody by not playing the game well, it's, together. It's, I pick on Tom and then Tom picks on Courtney. That's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Trickle-down sure. economics and malware. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's go and to some scores. Let, let's get back to our professional scoring system. Yeah. So, Chris, talk us through this. Yeah, so we score out of five for the following points. We have learning curviness, how easy it is to get to grips with the crew, one being very difficult, five being really easy to play. Shenanigan-iness, the amount of mad tricks and combos, so one being it's quite a straightforward crew, five being all the shenanigans in the world. Hiring poolishness, so one being there's a very small selection of models you go with, five being you've got all the choices in the world. And the last one scored by the opponents is dickishness. So how much of a dick it is to play against one being very nice to play against five being it's a massive dick. Again, it's the model, not the player. So uh, Darren, learning curviness, how easy is she to get to grips with? Uh, I'd go between two and three because I think she is quite an easy master to pick up um, and, and actually get some good results on the table with. Cool. What's the hardest thing to get to grips with? Is it when to activate her or is it... Yeah, it's the shadow, the shadow markers. markers. Yeah, it's the shadow markers and when to activate her. But aside from that, a lot of the models do exactly what you expect them to do. Yeah, they all seem very self-sufficient in their own way as well. There's not, there's not too much you can mess up by going out of order with activations or anything like that. Exactly. I suppose it kind of ties into the shenaniganiness. So how how shenanigany is she? Um, I think that because you've got the From Shadow and the things that rely around it, um, I would push it slightly higher up the scale than three, three and a half, maybe into four. Because depending on how you build it, like I think you've got to add a, at least a half a mark just for that slingshot across the table if you ever pull it off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think she is towards the higher end there because of the popping out the Shadow Markers, the, the models that can place around Shadow Markers, the... Um, 
the way she can get other models to charge in that even when they're engaged there's a lot of kind of unexpected things coming at you so you never quite know where you're going to be attacked from with her exactly yeah i'd agree with that so what about uh, uh, hiring poolishness how big's the pool of models that you tend to choose from it seems pretty big to be fair to be honest i think she's at the top end of this um similar to summoners in a way because i i think you do tech pick a lot with 10 thunders particularly with mizaki um because there's nothing in there that's like an auto take um but you can build her to do pretty much any of the strategies or schemes so i would say she might even be touching on five on the on the pool and again yeah. the pool is quality i don't think there's a bad model in it when you're looking at a, a keyword and the versatile options just then add into it yeah, Ten Thunders do have a, a lot of decent versatile models to choose from. And uh, like I say, her entire keyword seems solid in its own way. It's all very, very good at what it does. Exactly, um, yeah. So it leaves it down to the last point, which is dickishness. And Courtney, have, you've not played against Masaki, have you? I played one game against oh, Masaki. Well, you can give her a score then. So we'll... I've actually played a couple of, I've actually played a couple against Masaki, actually, thinking about it. Oh, we'll go with you first before we uh, let Tom get his final say in. So uh, what do you rate her as, uh, as far as the dick scale? Um, I would say middle... I mean, I, I, I don't think she's as dickish as a lot of Masters, but I do think the strong part of her is the fact that, um, that you, you, it's very hard to keep her out of and knows out of places where she doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, so I would I would say a high three. Cool. It's like a three point seven. A three point seven. Yeah. No, Chris. No, no. Three point eight. Three point eight. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Maybe a bit too harsh, but. Well, <laughs> well, you know, that's just my opinion, man. Yeah. Well, and uh, Tom, <laughs> you've kept very, very quiet throughout all of this, so it's it's up to you now. How do you feel? rare occasion um i would concur i think she's a three at the start of the game and i think by the end of the game she's probably gone up to a four um simply because i think the struggle that i see with her and this didn't happen so much in our battle report because i think it was me and darren went into that going one of us is gonna die very straight away because it's levy and masaki but i think with the normal crew Masaki doesn't have an easy target. There's no simple points because, as Darren said, they're quite expensive. So it does make them susceptible to things like Vendetta, you know, your cheaper models that can do damage. But at the start of the game, nothing seems particularly nasty. She's just very good. By the end of the game, there is that sense of like, God, like everything is a pain to just get rid of or kill or scheme around or move just because their maneuverability, they're hard to kill. So I think 3.8 is an accurate measurement of where they would sit on that scale. I don't know if that's fair, Darren, that idea that they don't seem to have a soft target. I, I think you're exactly right there. And I, I do think you have to be sometimes a little careful with them, a little bit more cautious. You're not just barreling in. But I, I do think if they last towards the, the later stages of the game, like you say, that, that just the, the amount of shadow markers you've, you ending up with on turns four and five, you just don't know where the master's going to be. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's where it is. I think the the crew on paper is a three. The crew in practice by the end of the game is a four. <laughs> Just ramps up the dickishness throughout. Depends what turn it is, is what we're saying there, effectively. Depends how many models you've taken off the board, probably, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Cool, so that leaves it to Darren to give us the final pitch as to why we should play Masaki. Well, I think Corny uh, had a very good point when he was just talking about it. There, I think uh, if you want to play yeah, the yeah. if you want to play the master that puts her face where it really doesn't need to be um, and picks those targets to eliminate 
the, the accuracy of a surgeon's scalpel, uh, then Mizaki is the is the master for you. Um, she's she's going to be rewarding. You're going to enjoy the games, and I think she's a, a good matchup for most of the masters that are out there. So yeah, definitely pick her up. Cool. Well, that's a wonderful overview. Thank you very much for coming back yeah, on, Darren. I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty more of you with the other masters that you dare to throw at us, such as. Oh, uh, I can't wait for the joint collects. Yeah, um, the show, the showgirl oh, episode. I think is going to be an interesting one. What do you think um, of the uh, new, the new um, showgirl model? Well, this is it. This is where we can go on to because we've got other things to share, haven't we? But let's <laughs> let's quickly, Darren. Before we forget, where else can people find you? Well, uh, I'm a, a big supporter of the uh, of the Batman Miniatures game, so I currently have the podcast, The Arkham Case Files, which is on uh, Anchor and Podbean and Spotify and every other platform out there. Uh, I'm also on the Arkham Rejects Discord server for the same game. So if you're ever interested in uh, visiting the dark streets of Gotham with the Dark Knight, uh, then come and see me over there. There's been some immense miniatures that came out at night lately. Oh, with the, yeah. uh, the Batman game and the DC game. We've been sharing them in our group an awful lot. If you, I was going to say, if you love Peaky Blinders, get the Two-Face crew. It's amazing. <laughs> They're brilliant. So at the time of recording, we've had a, a new release. And at this point, we we talk about other things we've been working on, but we've all just been sat making Explorer lists. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> gentlemen, discuss. <laughs> what do you think about that new um, showgirl model, Darren? Uh, I think it, why they needed to strengthen performers anymore. I don't know. But I don't he's really know. good as well. He's really <laughs> good. <laughs> I love him so much. I'm looking for a proxy at the moment. He's just, he's just great. Absolutely great. Who's the dude um, from Moana? Can you not paint him like him? Like the one the rock is? <laughs> You're welcome. Just get a rock figure. Just get a rock figure. I'd, I'd be down with that. Uh, it's, it's finding the right one. That that has come across my, my, my table as an option. <laughs> so we've all picked um, our, our Explorer Masters then. So uh, what are we going with? I, I think I've had the most experience with the Masters so far because I've played at least three of them. Because uh, I played, I played Lord Cooper against Chris, yeah. and I've also played uh, EVS versus Ivan against Chris. Yes. And I've also played McCabe in the past. So um, I really, really like him, and that's a big problem because my wallet is is shivering in fear. Yeah. I'm trying to not buy it. But I am struggling. God damn it, I'm struggling. <laughs> you keep looking at Ivan, uh, not Ivan, uh, uh, Cooper on Wayland, and you're like, I'm not going to buy you. But then you're like, oh, the box is 30 something quid. I'm definitely not going to buy him. I'm ne- definitely not going to buy him. But the Malasaurus practice is out in 57 days. So. <laughs> <laughs> got the the alert I've, got, emails. I've got McCabe and I've got Dashiell. Not Dashiell, uh, Bass. So I'm already opened myself up to fucking. When did you get Bass? Time. I got bass ages ago. That's you. a revelation. I got bass ages ago. You don't ever remember anything I say. You, you can't keep track of how many. You just don't care. You just don't care what I have, do you? Oh. I got bass. Yeah, I've got bass. My big revelation. So you have the sandworm. <laughs> um, yeah, we get the sandworm. I just think, obviously, McCabe and Bass. Bass wasn't in a great place. I think a lot of people can agree with that. But the fact that I think the Sandworm and the Rough Riders are going to really, really make him a strong um, keyword. I, I, I know you've looked at Bass as well, Tom. So um, what do you think? I, th- I think the yeah, Bass, Bass seems really good fun. So I looked at him from a guild perspective. Um, 
if I'm brutally honest, it's because I hadn't read Perdita's cards properly, which I've fallen a little bit in love with her now. <laughs> but Bass in Explorers, some of their upgrades are so fun. Like, they're really cool. And I think Bass mm. can benefit greatly from a couple of them. Yeah, and I've gone out yeah, and exactly. splashed some money on the um, Black Friday sale. So I've picked up the Nightmare McCabe box. Um, so I've got that coming at some point. And I've managed to grab a um, alternate wastrel as well off eBay, a Miss, whatever they're called. I think it's mysterious. Mysteri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mysterious. Something so are you that. leaning towards the, the English Ivan, Chris? Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, again, we were discussing it earlier about what we like to do and how um, how certain play styles attract us. And I think I just like chucking loads of markers out on the tables, what we realised. So English Ivan with all those shadow markers like instantly appealed to me. And I had one game with him against Courtney just to try him out. And... Um, yeah, absolutely love him. Absolutely love the way he plays and the theme of the crew as yeah. well. It's it's so cool. Just the Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs. They're just like this Kingsman version of uh, like Malifaux. Um, just really cool little secret society going around with these, ripping your shadow out and making it attack you like a fucking evil Peter Pan as well. It's Yeah, really like him. Yeah. Darren, how about you? Because we're pretty convinced that you and DC are probably the only ones who can play EVS straight off the bat due to the polymath shenanigans <laughs> you see i liked evs i had a look at them um when i i thought initially they were one of the stronger factions in the book but i'm looking at explorers for what's the most fun english ivan really attracted me but in the end it had to be nexus and the cadmus keyword just like the hive mechanics yeah, yeah. they're really really disgusting the way they play they seem awesome I think I, I mean contrary to popular belief, I'm actually going for EVS, but but Tony you carry on. <laughs> no, I think I'm it's the five on the shenanigan scale for that crew. And another one where you don't know which direction I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It's those parasite tokens just seem horrible. I mean I've I've just finished editing the um Hamlin podcast, that should be out any day now, so I can't really talk about not being able to remove tokens, but um no, <laughs> they, yeah. they they seem may, maybe not as bad as Hamlin, but it's another unremovable token that really messes with the opponent, and it's it seems really cool the way they play. Yeah, and it's just some of the some of the nice models, like the the eight soul stone. I can't say the the hive creeper, the nexus hive. Yeah, just the, it's just a. I think that's going to be an absolutely stunning model. Um, and I, I've got some like insect and beetle color schemes for how I want to paint that up. Uh, it's just something different as well to anything that I've got in my other crews. Yeah. Can I talk about EVS? Because I can, can I gush about them. Now? Go on then, Courtney, to talk about EVS. Okay, so um, like Tom said, um, we we initially thought that like DC and Dan would be the only ones that, but unfortunately, when I hear that, I go, oh. Oh, let's have a look then. So, so I wanted to have a look at him, and God damn it, do I love that keyword. I, I like Chris said, I personally love um, masters that mess with like the hand, um, mess with cards and stuff like that. Like Malifaux, the thing that attracts me in Malifaux is is the cards, is is playing with playing cards because I just think it's a very novel idea. So you like ruining um, everyone else's. So I like mole. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like screwy people. That's why you'll never get Arcane as well. Right. If I, as long as I'm on this planet, one foot out of that grave, you will never have an Arcane as well. 
<laughs> I promise you now. We can buy any podcast. It's like, what was RK Reservoir like? I mean, I don't know because he plays Yuko every study. <laughs> Um, it's just so yeah. I like to mess with um, with the cards and Callahan's, and I lo- like with Molly. I like with Lynch and Yoko. Um, and then you get you, EVS is just so fun because you're constantly messing around with what suits. Um, the, you're sort of like putting them back in your hands. You put them back in your deck. Um, you're going. Oh well, I've got this. You're making useless cards into really useful ones. Like any crow, generally speaking, for that faction is at least a nine. Um, you know, there's such a cruel keyword. I think they're going to be really strong. Yeah. I think they are. I think they're going to be... Because you, you're basically... Um, you're basically taking some of the random factor out of the bad cards because, again, any crow in that in that, that crew is is, is, is is least a nine. You've got, you've got the little robots... I'm not too sure about the little robot, but I'm going to keep trying it. The little robot, we, you know, it's like a little Gundam. Gets in it, drives around. Um, yeah, I think we figured out a lot of the fun. good tech for him, like post game when we talked about it, didn't we? Yeah, I think putting an injury out is pretty nice, and the fact that you could you could jump him out and basically have two models that can ski. Yeah, um, seem to be pretty pretty good as well. And then you had I didn't really play it very well um, because I just had a mind block that you could probably use her attack actions against three old people, which seems actually great because you just put any condition on them. So I can go, oh well, um, a henchwoman um, with the big giant electric. Um, I think Kia. it's a hammer. Yeah, it's Kia. Uh, yeah, Kia. Um, oh, you can have fast. You know. Oh, um, the new um, show stopper, show uh, show girl who is wow, amazing. Uh, oh yeah, you can have fast as well. And I just think that she's a support master. I, I really like support masters, man. But I, I just, I'm really, I really like that crew. I'm so glad that they're not coming out anytime soon uh, <laughs> because I would probably buy them. But um, yeah, I'm really, really pumped. But Tom, I know that there's somebody that you're really simping for as well. Who is it? Thank you for throwing me the baton there. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, if we're talking, if if yeah, if we're talking about play styles, I think yeah, mine fills in the last one. I'm going to go for the Aura Crew that ruins people's activations. So really? that's uh, Jensen yeah. Seekers, who's uh, a lovely combination of the stuff I like about Pandora and Tara mixed with a bit of Sandeep, who we all know is a podcast we're very much looking forward to talking about Mm. uh, with their Chronicle mechanic. But uh, Courtney, I was saying at the start, in video games, I always like to play the healer. um, And I've wanted a crew that focuses on healing, but also using it as an offensive mechanic. There's just so much synergy and it is immense. The, The terrain abilities that they have with the more wraiths, um the fact that you've got some re- if the miniatures are anywhere near the artwork they're going to be one of the most beautiful looking crews not simply because of these kind of skeletal creatures that they use for the the totem and the dam but you know like mikhail with his giant great sword you've got uh is it Austeria, who's got the one who's got the owl that she can use for aerial strikes they're just going to look absolutely phenomenal and just the whole mechanic um they've even got lamp lighters which if you've not looked at the lamp lighters cards they're an essay in their own right but they have an amazing ability where they can put up markers and they can light them and they can dim them and you can use them for concealing you can use them for positive flips they're really really cool 
Um, and I think should our battle reports manage to stretch to a season four and should they be out by then, that will absolutely be the crew that I take because they seem very comfortable without me even putting them on the board. And given the amount of techs that are on those goddamn cards, that's a that's a rarity. Um, so I think I, I'm very much looking forward to Jedza. I think she's going to be incredibly fun. No Arcane Reservoir, sadly. <laughs> yeah, thank God. But the fact that they've got a Genesis Cube with the Grey Goo is just, it's just fantastic the, as well. There's just so much good stuff with it. I love the idea that ev- every model that activates near her heals, but she can turn the heal to damage. It's just so great. Uh, and the life tokens feel like they're going to be a real, real fun thing that you can kind of utilize as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all aboard the Jedza train. Uh, and the upgrades are great. I love the upgrades that come with the, the Explorers. None of them seem broken. They just seem really fun. Like the one where you can like, you know, discard a soul stone, pay a soul stone to your opponent to make them fail. Oh, I, I, did that so with, I did that with Chris and I basically did the, uh, the meme worm, like I'm going to hear you a soul stone to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was just, you know, so good. And there's a, you know, in keyword with the seeker, but he's a versatile. We've talked about Tenenbaum who's got the rewrite the story ability, which I think he needs like something ridiculous to pull it off. I think you need like a, a, a red joker. But he basically yeah. just changes what scheme you've picked. And <laughs> it's just like, okay. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's a one in 40 game ability, but I just love the idea that that's in your back pocket. That it's just like, I'm just going to randomly change which scheme I've picked now. Um, yeah, they seem very bs and annoying, which is why I'm picking them probably. Yeah, but all yeah, I mean, of them do. I mean, if, if, I'm, if, Chris, if Chris is the markers and I'm about card manipulation... Like the auras... <laughs> And, well, I wouldn't say ours. I'd say yours is the dickhead. Oh, cheers. Let me <laughs> if you could be, if you could be the biggest dickhead in the world and just have the biggest smile on your face, that's your crew. Question. Pandora, Tara, Levy, this. Look, this is your jam, mate. Look, leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> You've got Nelly. We've not discovered how much an artist. Oh Nelly yeah, and Nelly. Yeah. yeah, fucking hell, Nelly as well. I just think you like you. I think you you aggress. You're definitely an aggressive player, but I do think you, I don't think. The thing with you, Tom, is Have we gone into counselling session now? What's <laughs> happening? You're an aggressive player, but I think secretly you're also just like... Um, well, not even secretly, but you're also just like that hint of bullshit as well. You just like to mess with people. I like I think, hurting people, yeah. That's yeah, it. So, and I think Jedza, Pandora, the, 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 the masters that you really um, went well with, so I think your Jedza is going to be fucking terrifying. Hey, well, this is one last question I want to do. I don't want to keep us too long, but have you looked at what masters your crews might play into Explorers? Because I mentioned to Chris that I'm very excited that I can say Dora into Explorers. Because, <laughs> <laughs> which is just great, because I feel Pandora is made for going against the Explorers because their willpower is not great and they love their triggers. But is that with your factions, Chris, is there a Bayou Master that you're looking at these crews thinking I'm probably going to have to whop out Mar or so yeah, or something? I don't know with Mar because of, um, who is it that, sh- that has all the terrain stuff that they can do? And um, Ivan putting out like, all the concealment and that. So I'm, I'm, yeah, Jed's the terrain yeah, one. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure in Bayou who it'd be. I mean, Shen and May would be fine, I think, into, into most of them. But with Bayou, I've, I don't know yet who I'd put in there. Maybe Soma to throw the chaff at them, but um, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'll have to play with and against them a few more times before I start to see the weaknesses. Because at the minute, Darren, we're all right. just looking at oh, cards God. going, wow, that's all amazing. Darren, if someone declares Explorers against you and you're playing one of your factions, who do you think you're probably going to be putting down? Because this is the interesting thing about when you declare your Masters. Who's the safe bet, do you think, based on what you've read? Um, if I'm playing Resurrectionists, I'm probably going to go with Kirai. Yep. And if I'm playing Arcanists... It's going to 
be a little bit pool dependent, but I'm thinking that if they're going to be that much of a dick, I'll be the same and play Colette. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, would I you think- agree with Kirai for you? Yeah, Kirai, I think Molly is all right against um, Ivan in some regards because, again, show markers and just nom, nom, nom them. Yeah. But um, Von Struck, you know, the thing is Molly and Von Struck is the sole sort of versatile as well that I think they can go into most crews and, and do okay. Uh, but, yeah, Kirai is another strong one. Um, I don't think there's any – from what I've seen so far, and I probably missed something, and there'll be something later on that I'm just like, shit. But um, I don't think there's a particular master that I wouldn't want to take a Reza master into. Um I don't think there's anything that really shuts me down. Yeah. But um, to be honest with you, from what I've seen of the Explorers, they all seem quite, I mean, famous last words, but they all seem quite on the balanced side. I think they're strong, but I don't think they're stupid. But I'm sure someone will prove me wrong on that point. They all seem very good. Yeah. Yeah. Without being overtuned, but obviously we'll see that in practice. But yeah. yeah, there's no... I mean, we need to have a probably good look at the Versatiles in more detail, but you look at the Versatiles, the Versatiles one of the first things that were released, and I think, Chris, you said it the other day, they all seem like good tech picks rather than it auto-includes. Yeah, very much, very um, much. Which is the sign of a well-balanced faction. Obviously, they've got time. Though, can I just make a point? Outside of Jed, sir, they don't seem to have a lot of healing. Like, no, they the only, don't. The only bit of healing that I've seen is either the trigger on the Rough Rider... Or the trigger on the uh, versatile, I think it's like hopeful um, bibbidi bob. Hopeful bibbidi bob. That's the one, yeah. Hope, yeah the four stone hopeful um, guy. I, you, you'll know what I mean, guys. You'll know what I mean. But um, that seems to be the only bit of healing in the crew outside of Jed, sir. But one thing I have remembered is that they're doing them separate versatile boxes. So I'm wondering if, the, if they'll be introducing some healers in them. Maybe the the thing that I, I've, I'm under the impression they've got the full faction out. But the one thing that will interest me is obviously we're in the UK. We're thinking of this as a single master thing. I wonder if the explorers will be very strong with dual masters because we're saying they're all quite good. I wonder how good you can be if you double up a couple of these guys. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly. You know, the thing is, is we're in the UK, so we don't have double masters. We don't have to yeah, worry about that. We don't have to worry about it, but yeah, I could see some some very powerful um, combinations. It'd be interesting now to see where McCabe and Bass actually sit, two very good masters in their own right, now in a faction full of them. It'll be interesting to see how they... I, I think McCabe is is like one of the best masters in Tenfunders, and I think he's going to be one of the best masters in Explorers. Yeah. He's just really that good. But it will be interesting to see where Bass falls in, in there. Yeah. I think we've also fallen in love with Lord Cooper's mechanics and just sitting oh, in So when the rest come out, we'll be even better. I'll be honest with you. If we, if, uh, if we weren't doing... Um, if we didn't have a ban on two masters, I would definitely do dog meta. <laughs> you take Law Cooper, you take the two boy, good boys, you take McCabe, you take his good boy, good girl, I should say. My apologies. Um, good girl, you've got dog meta. And I don't <laughs> think you can take, to tell me that there's anything better in this in the entire game than dog My meta. freaking Malifaux, not Animal Farm. <laughs> the second edition McCabe crew had like five dogs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could, if I could take the hounds from um, from Guild, yeah. I would, I would just have straight up dog meta, and it'd be amazing. I did, <laughs> I did run a Marcus crew where Marcus could take beasts from any faction, and it was Guild hounds, corrupted hounds, and um, yeah. undead hounds. Oh, yeah, awesome. dog meta. Come on, weird dog meta. Dog Next meta. master, we want a dog meta. 
We want we want dog keywords. Come on, we all want it. No one else backs you up. <laughs> no, no, even Ulix at the minute, so it's pure pig meta for me. So. And then, but yeah, but Ulix has got a dog. True. So there you true. go. She's the best. At us. So yeah, we're we're thoroughly enjoying the explorers. We're going to try and get some some hopeful table time in the new year if, if things go back to some level of normality. Oh fucking! It'll be like twenty twenty two. Who knows? Who knows? Well, well you'll be at the front of the line eventually. That's the good thing. You'll be the test subject for all of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I am. I'm your test subject. I, so. You bring me in just to beat the shit out of me and then go. Ah, oh, I think I understand this crew now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to discuss, gentlemen? No. Uh, there's a dinosaur in Explorers and that's enough for me it's a dinosaur that's not Bayou and I wonder you know I wonder how that's felt with Chris with the model I'm really gutted to be honest with you because it was another Explorers crew I didn't want to buy and I might have to just for the T-Rex but I was looking at getting Titania Titania whatever just to get the T-Rex but I'll be alright you can go to the Neverborn to the Neverborn side Christoph I know I know it's I, I wanted to paint the big emissary as well, but then it's I don't know. I wanted the old Titania, and it's it's going to cost a lot to do it. I'll see how I get on. This this nightmare <laughs> cave crew will keep me going for a bit. Sounds good. Well, a massive thank you again to Darren for coming on and teaching us all about Mazaki's wonderful virtues. Yeah. Uh, we hope that'll uh, give you a bit of guidance with her if you want to check her out. Um, obviously, we've got plenty of other things that we can be plugging. We've got the master overviews that we have over on TNG Productions' YouTube channel. I think Mazaki is in the next loop of them, so Darren will probably be writing that script for me. Um, that's the first news he'll have of that just now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We've uh, we've probably passed the holiday season by the time that this podcast comes out, but we all we, ho- we all hope you've had a lovely one. And um, yeah, any other messages, gents? No, just thanks again for listening, everyone, and uh, yeah, exactly. keep in contact. Give us feedback, please. Feedback's a gift. <laughs> yes, feedback yeah, exactly. is huge. Especially if that feedback is we love. Um, we love Stop Courtney. inflating Courtney's um, ego because oh, he's, he was pretty unbearable <laughs> as it was, but now I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the look. It's the adverts that makes this. It's the it's all of us. If we we're like, you know what? If we if if we're just singular, we would we, we'd be nothing. But together, we do a fusion dance and we make a great podcast. So you know, we're all we're all in there. You, know, you have to have all three of us. Fusion dance cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, fusion dance. Yeah. If you'd like to support the podcast, we'll have Mazaki flavored bathwater on the channel shop pretty soon to go with those pink hoodies. Yeah. yeah, I need to buy the jam jars you remember. The inspirational tapes. <laughs> so wrong. I'll, I'll definitely, I know what, we're going to be selling um, basically recordings of me doing ASMR um, on the on the shop as well. Um, I'll be eating apples. Um, give me some suggestions. What do you, what do you want to do ASMR? I can, I can hum. No, I can don't do ask that because it goes to my inbox. Don't <laughs> ask <laughs> <laughs> I have to read that, all right? Uh, anyway, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Say bye. Cheers, bye. bye. Well, thank you for listening to the Harlefoe Show. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, drop us a tweet on the Twitter, at Harlefoe Show. Also, you could chuck us some money on Patreon, at TNG Productions, to help us keep making this amazing content. Also, get some exclusive freebies, like dice and 
t-shirts and other amazing things. Check out the show notes for all the info. So once again, thank you for tuning into the Harlefoe Show. Please come back next time for more fucking nonsense. Bye! <laughs>